PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Welcome to episode 392 of Cinema Crespediso. Cinema Covidiso. We had 15,000 confirmed new cases today. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, yeah. Florida kicking ass in the uh, pandemic. That's how you do it. Well, hey, we're, I mean, I mean, hey, Chris, remember, down here in Florida, I mean, we're, we're, getting, ready, Florida. we're getting ready to start school again. And if, and, Five weeks and, of school. And if we don't, mm-hmm. we will not receive federal funding from the United States government. That's right. Fucking excuse me? That's right. Open open your schools. I'm Maybe, not going to give oh, you any money. Man, I'm really, I'm really hoping that this... Maybe once everybody else crumbles, then somebody will finally do something about Betsy DeVos. Oh, yeah. Because she has been slowly crumbling the yeah. American educational system she, ever since she was put in place. She's terrible. She's never spent a, a single day in her life in public school. Her kids haven't gone to public school. She's funneling money away from public schools. Dude, First, she funneled public school money to charter schools. Then she funneled coronavirus aid money to charter schools. Well, technically, the charter schools are for-profit businesses, so yes. they can be part of the PPP loans. They can be PPP loans, but it's money that's not... That was, that was separate I know, money. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, but it's it's ridiculous. She's a bad person. The regular schools can't get the funding because they're not private businesses. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, her her family made money via uh, that, what's it called, pyramid scheming, but the marketing, though, the multi-level marketing bullshit mm-hmm. with the Amway. Yeah. And then uh, and then she marries, uh, the dude she marries is, starts the little Blackwater security firm. I mean, come on. How how bad do you gotta get? I mean, very. Is this an episode of talking, <laughs> this is an episode of talking politics? Paul with, and politics? Paul and politics. That's Paul. I'm politics. <laughs> Paul's leading the brigade against the, the, the Voss Brigade. I will say that my uh, Orlando Magic uh, 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 boycott has been going well. I mean, going for the last four years, yeah. The last four years, especially in the last few months, it's been easy to boycott the, the, them recently. Yeah. Uh, I guess things are just starting up now in the bubble. The, the bubble. I guess it's a uh, or, 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 petri bubble. What? Where the NBA lives in Orlando? Yeah, in, at Disney, uh, which is also open though. It's so weird. It's so but weird. somehow they're going to protect all these oh, people. God, I can't. I can't. Seriously. <sighs> It's going to take someone worth a lot of money to get sick and die for the MDA, NBA to be like, fuck, we messed up. To die. <laughs> no, yeah, they're yeah. going to have to get sick and die. I mean, they're going to have to die. The first person, the first NBA player to get tested positive, Rudy Gobert, Gobert, I think his name is, uh, he says today that his body's still fucked up, yeah. that he's not, not, he has not fully recovered from mm-hmm. COVID. Uh, it's scary, man. Everyone's like, oh, asymptomatic. You'll probably, uh, most people don't even feel symptoms or you'll, most people just recover after a few days, blah, blah. People are going through like uh, some lifelong trauma. The sur- some survivors. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, Pandemic's so, great. So uh, obviously what I'm saying. Apocalypses are fun. So what I'm saying is obviously uh, don't wear a mask. It's all hoax. Uh, walk around. Publix and. and it's 5G. It, it's, it's, it's 5G, it, Chris. It, it's 5G. So stay 5G. away from phone towers. But, 5G. But run into crowds. Uh, lick handrails. What else can we do? 
cough on babies. That's a big one. Yes. That's a if, if at all possible. Oh, and if you have it, also if you have a chance, this is sort of a side thing. I feel like it's related though. If you can drive your car into a pool into a crowd of protesters, I mean that'd be cool too. Yeah, by all means. I feel like that's a Venn diagram. It's pretty, big, <laughs> pretty strong crossover there. People willing to drive into protesters. Well, those are the same people, people that fucking virus is a hoax, and they're also the same people that shoot up schools. So I feel like that may be a, th- a third circle. Mm. I feel like that they're not people who shoot up schools or people who like would have, but somehow overcame that urge. But they still have that bubbling inside them because they got old enough to be able to get a car. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <Hey>. <laughs> and I was talking politics. Hey. Politics. That's talking about. That episode. Every episode ends very sad. <laughs> very, very, very sad. Let's talk about a whole bunch of movies. Um, Let's see here. On Netflix, we got The Old Guard. Yes. Uh, we have Charlize Theron. Yes, we do. With Matthias Schoenartz. I got on YouTube and an interview with this guy to see how you say his last name. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a French, Greek, Belarusian. I have no idea what's going on over here with this extremely handsome, vaguely European white man. Yeah. He's been in stuff recently. Well, he's been in a bunch of stuff recently. A bunch of stuff recently. A bigger splash. He's the producer guy. Oh, man. You're totally right. Yeah, he is. He's good. I like him. I like when he pops up and stuff. I should know how to say his weird last name. Your homeboy Chewy? My homeboy Chewy Attell, EG4. I can say that fucking name. This guy's great. Chewy's awesome. And everything. Looking forward to Doctor Strange 2. Yes. Um, very much so. Okay, so we got this, uh, the girl who's like the new character of the group. What's Kiki her? Lane. Kiki, where's she from? She's I from, don't know. She's I, from TV, I think. I don't I don't think I've ever seen her in anything I, I look, that I can think of. I thought I looked something up to see where she was. Oh, from. she was from. Chris, you saw. If Bill Street could talk. She's 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 in it okay, apparently okay so obviously a different character um uh, no, she, she was Clementine Clementine Clem- Tish Tish okay yeah I think it's a sister whoever that was th- was that the sister um one of the other sisters I need to rewatch if Bill Street can talk I mean, it was great uh the, 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 the t- oh she was also in Captive State which we saw okay. Man, that one should have been... Uh, Wait, it should, it, that should have been an episode of Black Mirror. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And apparently she's also going to be in Coming to America. Okay, great. So, we'll, we'll be seeing more of her. Kiki Lane? Yes. Gotta learn the name of Kiki Lane, people. She's an up-and-comer for sure. Uh, great, all right. Yeah, she's in it. She's like the new person in this group of immortals. Uh, all based on some sort of comic book. Yeah. Apparently it's fairly new. I think it only started in 2018, and I guess it's still running. Okay. I don't think, uh, from what I've read and found out, there's there has yet to be an end to this series. Sort of the equivalent of like when a book by an author gets a bunch of buzz before publication, and the rights get sold, the movie rights get sold before the book even comes out. Yes, that that happens. Yes, um, the Cohen brothers agreed to do No Country for Old Men because they were handed the, is it called the galley? The gallery? The galley? The galley is like the a, a really loose pressing of the book for people yeah. to read. They, they were handed that. Like, you want to make this into a movie? No. Well, the same thing probably with The Walking Dead. I mean, it was turned into a TV series before the comic book run ended. It was still... It was, so, so it could diverge, yeah, you know? They were, there were two different universes. I guess whatever whatever season four was, after they got out of the prison, right around what, right after they got out of the prison in the book, I think it's when the show started. Yeah. So yeah, that was really early in that run, a long yeah. time ago. Um, yeah, okay, so this one's very early on then. And uh, a bunch of immortals who they become immortal warriors, all warriors, soldiers of some sort. Who when they die mysteriously, they're chosen to be immortal, immortal-ish. They're Highlanders. 
It's a baton. <laughs> so we thought there could only be it's one. A, Guess it, what? There's it, a team of them. It's like it's like Highlander Squad. Yeah, basically. It is Highlander Squad. It's a Highlander Suicide Squad. True <laughs> cat. True cracked code. On this particular case. All right. So well, but yes. I mean, I mean, yes and no. I mean, at the end there is that little religious, uh, that that hint of a religious twist. Sure, a bit of a supernatural religious. They, they really don't go. In, I mean, they really don't go. In, well, no, because in the beginning, you know, she is all talking about her God. She's yes. running across the whole time. That's true. And then at the end, she's the one who sees the plan. That's true. So it has a little bit of a religious undertone to a, it. A sort of a chosen which one. Fucking annoys the piss out of me, but that, that but it's fine. I just you know it's just like that's my own personal thing. That's just like <laughs> easy to do though. It's easy to graft it onto something and give it a little bit of I extra, just I mean in my head depth. I'm okay with it because I can just add it to mythology. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, it's it, all just it, it would be just right? like if Hercules something. It's whatever. Well hell, she even <laughs> says Adrama Adromana Mamaki Andromamaki. What's her name in this? Something Andromeda. They keep calling her but yeah, but but it's from. Uh, I even had the subtitles on. I was yeah, like, how am I supposed to read it? It's name? like an, an Andromeda of like Scythia. It's like and, but it's like an Andromeda. Yeah, it's all well because it, it's obviously an ancient it's name. Like, she's like an old so <laughs> so an androgynous mechanism over here is the original the OG uh, 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 Highlander picking up Highlanders over the years. Uh, but this whole movie is about how they're like getting ready to retire. One last job. Like we're retiring. We're done. I'm sick of this shit. Actually, they're disillusioned. Yeah, disillusioned is what it is. They've lost their path. Yeah, so they're like, why are we even doing this anymore? It's been centuries, if not longer. Um, She, uh, this new girl, dies in Afghanistan, Kiki Lane, and uh, so then she ends up part of the group. Gets kidnapped first, which is pretty funny. Well, yeah, but then, and and we have, you know, she she has to, you know, reject the hero's calling and that whole blah, blah, bullshit. You gotta do it. I mean... We've all read Joseph Campbell. Well, no, exactly. So, you know, watching this, the things like that where it wasn't done with nuance, it was literally just like, oh, here's the next part of the story because that's the way stories work. It's like, "Mm -hmm." Because this is plot. Because plot (laughs) says so. That's why. Yeah. Uh, So, I I don't think at any point was I ever really surprised in this thing. No. Um, Not at any point. Right? And, the bad guy is a combination of like big pharma. It's this, big, e- big, it's this evil pharmaceutical guy. Big pharma meets a uh, nerdy white guy. Meets a nerdy white guy uh, using uh, mercs, uh, hired yes. hired hands yes. to do his dirty work. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's your um, your threat. Ooh, and throughout the movie. Another favorite part of my uh, of this movie yeah. was the um, the. Uh, the, the, the two gay dudes who were in it who like loved each other throughout time they were a that, Muslim and that, a Christian yeah, who, who, met that the cru- who killed each who other who killed each other yeah. in the Crusades yeah. and then fell in love that I, I that needs to be its own fucking movie yeah, that, was <laughs> that, was, like, that was awesome that, that is the movie I, I want to see that movie just so people can lose their goddamn minds oh well, yeah they, they played <laughs> so hard like in that in the truck in the transport scene yeah like oh. they really love each other yeah it was fantastic <laughs> my boyfriend yeah oh he's Man, it's not so, my boyfriend he's so much more than that um, yeah that could have been like that that was great there's some like, I, interesting characters. I want that. In t- I sure. just want that to be its own movie, just to piss off the religious fundamentalists. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So, like, even then, <laughs> when they were and they kissed, and then the guards, they all look at you, look back, like, oh, yeah. they're kind of like, oh. <laughs> like, oh, are these guys kissing? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and they smile on the inside, and then they get there. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's pretty. It's fun. really good. Again, it's Hollywood pushing the gay agenda. All right, I'm not gonna be gay, Hollywood. I'm not gonna be gay, no matter how many uh, big throbbing dicks you wag in my face. That's what they're doing. Right? <laughs> That's what they're doing there, every there, time I open up there, a Pornhub. There were no <laughs> giant dicks in my face in this movie. Oh man, that, that's, <laughs> just when I close my eyes, then. Um, 
they were just two attractive men telling each other how much they loved each other the, very deeply. Like the passion of a thousand suns. <laughs> the... So they do fun things like that. And there are... So I, maybe that's just from... Even though it's early in its run from being a comic I, series. I guarantee it was from the comic So book. now they have a nice... Like character books to choose from to really build these yeah. people up. The story itself, though, does feel kind of... Like, so, these two guys are great. Their dynamic is great. The way they're in the world and everything. So, of course, what do we do with them in the movie? For, like, 40% of the movie, we have them strapped to a table. Well, yeah, and torture them. And torture them. And then they, they, they just... Maybe they talk. Yeah, you know, maybe. They, I mean, maybe. Come, like, they're very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, seriously, my... Probably my favorite part of the movie. Just I, And just that little part, like, we killed each other in the crusade. I was like, that... I, yeah. I want that... That is the want, fucking movie I, I want. want, I, want that, I want to see the episode of that show. <laughs> um, the, that's, that's a great point. My least favorite part ties into... So if that's your favorite, my favorite part ties directly into my least favorite part. They're one and the same. With this movie... With the, the after credits? The after credits. <laughs> but the setup, though. This whole the, setup, the setup was okay. An immortal person who is stuck in, thrown into a cage, thrown into the bottom of the ocean where she can't get out, so she and drowns and wakes up. Drowns, comes back yep. drowns, over and over. Yeah, that's maddening. What happens to that person when they finally get out? That's the movie I want to see. I mean, Unfortunately, I guess that's the old guard, too. Yeah. That's what they're setting up with that yeah. after credits mm-hmm. scene. Get the fuck out of here. Well, I mean, they... It's, it's, it's almost like they pulled an extraction on us. Where it's like, hey, here's this movie. Oh, look, we're going to give you a single. Yeah, extraction, though. It's like, what? The extraction story itself. The difference between that is at least, yeah, extraction sets it up to, if it's popular, we can give you a sequel. If, do you want it? Eh, eh. That one still, the story was contained. Yeah. This, this one, one, no. The, the yeah. end is like, yeah, it, it's up. like, what? Welcome yeah. to the series, guys. Yeah, they, they they dropped this huge plot thread. Like, isn't this tantalizing? <laughs> and then you forget about it for two hours. And two hours later, it's like, oh, isn't this tantalizing? We're, we're, we're going to do the second movie. Don't you want to come back? I'm like, I mean. Not really. <laughs> like, I guess if you put it on Netflix. I mean, if it's on I, Netflix, fine. I'll tell you, I'm not. I'm not looking for it. If if this was in theaters, I'd be like, please don't make the sequel. Yeah, if this was, <laughs> if this was in theaters and that was the ending, I'd be like, another Aragon on my hands. Why? Here. Like, uh, yeah. another golden. Stop. Teasing <laughs> another golden compass. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like Chris Nolan had it right when, uh, even though he does throw a Joker card at the end of Batman, he Begins, does. But even, even still, just throw it. It could be as easy as just. I mean, he he could have made the second one and had Joker not in it. Yeah, and the Joker card at the end still would have worked just as well. And Batman Begins. Yeah, it's like it's just saying, hey, escalation. That's the whole point. Escalation. You're a caped crusader. Now we're gonna have. Uh, take for example this new guy yeah. and then we as the audience can just fill in everything all the blanks it doesn't have to be yeah. a movie no uh, it's just uh, story thematically making a point if on the other hand in Batman Begins uh, halfway through the movie Gordon goes to Batman hey he's like, this is a new guy Joker new guy Joker's like oh I'll look into it <laughs> we don't hear about Joker ever again and then at the very end of the movie Joker pops up and goes hey, hey, hey. And fuck then, you directed by Christopher Nolan <laughs> fuck you like, fuck you guys <laughs> Fuck you guys. You're idiots. Um, that's not what happened. No. Um, so the old guard, it's like, and then, okay, I will say this too. Uh, it's a well-made movie, but as an action movie, it wasn't like the best action. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't Michael Bay, shaky cam, I can't see shit, what's going on. It wasn't um, born supremacy, like too much editing to for the illusion. You have Charlie staring in there. She's proven herself as an well, action yeah, she, and she, and she's star. doing it. She's well doing enough. it. So they were smart enough mm. to let her do as much as possible. 
tried to film in a way that we could see it, but it was still not, it's not just as clean and crisp as I personally like my action to be. I think that's just maybe more for personal preference, but I have grown up like watching action movies. Yeah. So it's pretty much my favorite genre. Uh, so them leaving the, that thread like that at the end is a real, is a real bummer. It's like, why don't you just have confidence in your movie as it is? Cause it's a fine movie. And yeah. actually people like it quite a bit. It's getting very good reviews. Uh, the, the few people have seen it in our Facebook group, they, uh, they've uh, all seem to like it very much. Good for them. It's fine. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think I think it's you put on fine. I say it's good. I think it's fine. I say it's good. Two two O's. There's no good scale. <laughs> <laughs> fine. One one I. It's one fine. I, it's fine. It's fine. You go fine. I go good. Those are adjacent, like adjacent <laughs> scores. Um, so, well, yeah. that, that's like the difference between like forty nine and fifty one. Yes, you know, yes. you're giving a four, a fifty one. I'm giving a forty nine. Yes, precisely. <laughs> precisely. That's precisely correct. <laughs> Uh, and like if like I'm gonna tell my dad to check it out, you know, because he likes. I mean, I'm not. I'm he not watches gonna, action movies. I'm, so I'm like, definitely not gonna like tell it. anybody to stay away from it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm gonna be like, don't think like like don't come like a lot of people are hyping it. It's not. It's not that good. It's not that. Good. <laughs> it's not that good. I wanted to be that good. Well, I like I, Charlie Theron. I, w- I would have loved it to have been that good, but for it to have been that good, they would have had to have taken some more risks, and I'm not sure if Maybe that's it, the know. budget required or you know allowed that. Yeah, yeah, that that could be very well could be it that we just have to try to appeal because it is very R rated. All right, that's oh, one. Very, thing. That is one. Very thing much R rated. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it that. Where a movie that's about immortals and uh, uh, about them being injured and dying and coming back. Like, there is, even though they're coming back, there's still a consequence. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's some... It looks painful. There's some digital body horror going on. Yes, yeah, when the bullets come back out, it's like, whoa, that's a weird image. Um, So I do like that the violence is played as real, uh, consequential, really, more than real, to say. Because I don't like that PG-13. Speaking of Christopher Nolan, the thing he does I don't like... Uh, a lot of gunplay, people going down, but, but you're no not, blood, you're not no seeing nothing. No, I mean, I mean, they might as well be using paintball guns I, out there. I, I mean, if you really want to make it real, Chris, we should add smell of vision, so you can smell the death, and you would not be happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that is yes, that iron, <laughs> <laughs> iron and feces? Is that all I smell? Yeah, well, that's what a battlefield smells like. My mouth tastes <laughs> like minerals. Um, so the old guard is on, and that's a flicks. Let me watch it. Um. Palm Springs came out on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Palm Springs debuted at Sundance this year and uh, got really big buzz. It was like the most crowd pleasing movie. Yeah, at I, the, I get it. And now seeing it, I understand why. Yeah, that that was sort not not Twitter wasn't a buzz about Palm Springs, but every time I saw it come up, people used words like surprisingly good or like actually like profound or deep and stuff like that. I was like, get the fuck out of here, Andy Samberg, Groundhog Day ripoff. This movie could have been the quote unquote summer palate cleanser. It could have been like in the, theaters. Yeah, absolutely. Th- this is the, uh, this is the fruity drink you have while sitting by the pool. Yeah, <laughs> it is because, but then it still gets you drunk because it's like sneakily alcoholic. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Groundhog Day is now a genre. So yep. Groundhog Day is really the first one. Uh, you know this infinite reliving, time loop thing. Infinite time loop. Uh, uh, the the guy who's tied to the rock and the and the buzzer eats his liver every yeah. day. The what was that one? Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. Took advantage yeah. of that, right? Um, what's there? Has Happy been, Death Day two. Yeah, yeah, they did two mm-hmm. of them. Has there been another one outside of this? I feel like there must have been maybe one. I more mean, it, uh, of a guy of a person stuck in their own loop. Probably not. So, I mean, Looper. Um, <laughs> that's a big ass loop. That's a life loop. That's all of us. Hey, but still. Uh, 
so yeah, Groundhog Day is not a genre. And and I feel like so that's the thing. Going into it, I was like, how? What can you do to How make, can you update? How yes. can you refresh? What what can be fun about this? And within I would say eight to ten minutes of the movie, I was like, Oh. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. We we are oh so oh so this is where we are. This isn't oh Yeah, where you find out where you, find out where you are on the timeline. Yeah. Like, oh <laughs> and they never really reveal it. No. So the um Conceit and Groundhog Day, and I read about this in some book. I can't remember which book it is, but uh, about the making of that movie, about the writing of the script. Actually, maybe one of that good script, bad script book I have over there. <laughs> that the original script for Groundhog Day, the first scene starts with uh, Bill Murray's character in Puxatawney, uh, I maybe already robbing the the armored truck, like calling out everything, knowing that everything's gonna happen being in it and then they were gonna flash back to the before he shows up to town mm-hmm. um, and then it's revealed throughout the script that he's actually been doing this for thousands of years no. that really doesn't come across in the movie no not not really really at all no not thousands of years no. but thousands of years in this movie they kind of took that yeah a little bit and then they also without really putting the number on it it feels like I mean he must have been well I mean he's like hundreds of years worth I was of. about to say yeah yeah I mean at one point in time he does drop like we bumped thousands of times mm. so that's at least or if we say thousands, thousands. so that's 2,000 divide that by 365 that's uh, <laughs> that's five four five years at least six years at least oh my god oh my god what a nightmare <laughs> yeah what a nightmare. Um, so it's uh, about people stuck in a loop at a wedding and trying to figure out how to get out of it, pretty much. J.K. Hey. Simmons is in it. No. Oh, what was this girl? I just I looked her up. What was she in? She was in something that we saw. I was like, oh, it's it's her. Uh, she was, uh, I mean, I remember her from uh, How I Met Your Mother. She was the, uh, right. the chick at that, the end. Yeah, she's a chick in the end. She's, is she the mother? Yeah. The, Ends up being the mother? Yeah. Which means she's in like six episodes at the last season. <laughs> I don't understand how people like. That I don't. Show, un- I, you know what? I don't understand how I liked it either. I've I've watched <laughs> it since I've watched it. Yeah. And I'm like, man. You like, thought back on it. Yeah. Well, it, it, it happens. It's kind of like the um, uh, what was that awful show on HBO we used to watch that was uh, super aggro? Entourage. Yes, it's like that. Where it's like yeah. you know there was a time and place and a part of my life where I enjoyed this. Yeah. I am not there anymore. But the show also <laughs> changed too over your over years as well. But yeah. yes, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Oh yeah. Um, Andy Samberg, obviously the lead, and uh, yeah. Oh, Peter Gallagher as the as the father of the bride. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, that was that <laughs> was Mr. Ah, uh, the himself. chick. Her name was Kristen Malati. Yes, Kristen Malati, not Kristen Ritter. They are Kristen adjacent. Apparently, she was in the Wolf of Wall Street. that's that's an apparently for me. I can't. Apparently, yeah. Uh, as someone gets cheated on, maybe apparently. I'm trying to think of what else. The first one, the right? first wife gets cheated on. Is that what happens in that know, movie? I, it's been a, it's been a while since I've seen The Wolf of Wall Street. And uh, I mean, the, the, the most surprising thing about Palm Springs, I think, is that they did find a way to. Well, kind of. I'm, I'm not gonna say profound, but there, no, there, there's like a nice story. There's in a there. nice story. They they upended some tropes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, played around with some characters mm-hmm. that you know hasn't been done, in, at least in this. Yeah, because it is. If you look at this as its own genre, it's pretty unexplored, <laughs> and there are uh, different things you can do if you are smart about it, and you, yeah. and you, and you take it the right way. So mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, interesting to see how it all came together. 
what they did with it. I get it now. Yeah. Now that it, now that I got to see it, I guess I see what all the hubbub was about. Yeah, this one is actually quite good. Um, so Palm Springs on Hulu. Yeah, I can definitely recommend that one to people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, one day I did a bunch of crystal. And ended up in pop in what, French New Guinea. <laughs> that was a waste. <laughs> Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's far, man. Was that? I thought. It was, yeah, was that ever said? No, Equatorial Guinea. Equatorial, sorry. yeah, Equatorial <laughs> New Guinea. I was like, whoa, it's South, it's South America. Uh, okay, so I saw Relic. Uh huh. Okay. Um, getting to our media diets now. I saw this movie Relic, which is an Australian horror film. Right? Oh, how's it going? Oh, these kangaroos are scary, boy. Um, Do they call the kangaroos cunts? All oh, these kangaroo you fucking cunts. Yeah, fucking kangaroo cunts. Come over here, you kangaroo cunt. Uh, and have a sucker that's a lolly. Whoa. A lolly. You want a lolly? Whoa. You want a sucker? We just got you want a lolly? Weird real quick. We feed all ruse lollies. You got a problem with that, mate? Um, the movie is uh, Emily Mortimer, who is English, actually. Uh, she's a, a mother with her daughter, uh, Bella Heathcote, I think her name is. They find out that uh, the grandma, who lives in the house by herself, kind of sort of out in the sticks-ish, sort of. Uh, she is like, the neighbors have gone by the house. She's nowhere around. She gone, she gone missing. So they, they go in the house to look for her, can't find her. So they move into the house while they organize a search. And for a few days, things are weird. And then Grandma shows up out of nowhere. She's like, she's just back. And she's lucid. And she won't say where she's been. But otherwise, she's like, yeah, no, I'm fine. And she's physically fine, except for like a bruise. She's got this bruise on her chest. And then for the rest of the movie... Uh, she starts like she's declining. She's declining. <laughs> she's fine, but then she like lashes out. Uh, she gives the granddaughter uh, a ring. Like here, you can have this ring. And then the next day, somebody doing that ring and like rips it off her hand and and, and hits her and shit. Uh, so the and then obviously there's a lot more going on. The, the whole thing about the movie is that it's it's done very um, uh, a lot of atmosphere. It's laid on thick, mm-hmm. very slow push-ins and pans. and so a very slow movie. It's a slow burn <laughs> of a movie. It's the, the soundtrack is like, like a lot For of For minutes that. on end. Yeah, uh, like a, here's, here's a shot of a, a dark hallway. <laughs> pushing slowly, and then as it's pushing, 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 and then like a shadow. A shadow. <laughs> Not even that fast. Just like it just moves. And you're like, oh, there was a person. There. <laughs> That's, I wonder who that was. Was that a ghost? I don't know. So it's for sure one of these like sort of a, that house. There's something wrong with this house type of movies. Uh, there's a fun sequence where like someone gets into like sort of a locked room crawl space scenario. Ooh, claustrophobia. And, and then as, but more like as they go through it, uh, the house starts, it like changes around them. They, they, okay. Go, they go down the hallways. Like, I haven't been down this hallway. And then they, they're like, trapped in a part of the house uh so it gets supernatural and weird and the ending is pretty uh pretty wild it, it goes down some body horror Ooh, uh fun. some places there at the end uh so it touches on a lot of stuff in the horror genre haunted house uh uh familial strife people turn on each other body horror uh supernatural ghosts type stuff it's all put into this one movie pretty well Actually, when I, when I put it like that and I point out all the different things that are in it, it's all put together pretty seamlessly, pretty well. And it's a first time director. Uh, I think she's Australian. So okay. first time doing it uh, for a feature film. And it's like she's got a good, um, a good handle on like control of the atmosphere and the mood and the build up and the tension because it does build nicely and then it pops in a good spot. And then it takes its time to sort of 
the fleet in a way that's kind of like, oh wow, this is. Uh, it goes to a dark, interesting place at the very mm-hmm. end. Like the last, the last shots are actually very uh, sad. Hmm. There we go. It's very sad to be honest when you think about it, without giving anything away. What's happening? The um, so it's good. I would give if I was going to think it for anything. A gotta fix that title guys mm-hmm. relic what is this I, no one's gonna remember i have to always she's play. a relic she's a oh she's a relic ain't she mate no one even says that <laughs> no one even calls her a relic uh let's say yeah we gotta we gotta do something about the title the movie itself is very much about aging dementia uh hereditary disease abandonment what do we do with our elders uh um, i mean i thought we put them on ice floats and put them out in the ocean right I'm thinking more and more these days, that's the way to do it. <laughs> right? Right? Combine the ice float retirement with the Viking funeral. Can we combine the two? An ice float on fire? Ice float on fire. Set them out on the ice float with a beer. Light it on fire. And then light it on fire from a distance. Yeah. And then the ice melts and they die. Yeah, and then the polar bears eat them. Right? Right. I know I know how funerals <laughs> work. This is my new funeral business. Uh, so Relic, it's very well made. It's very good. I did wish I had seen it in like a theater or something uh, because the internet was out last night. I had read in the afternoon, uh, but then I was like, I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm going to watch it at night. It's a horror film. Yeah. I'm going to watch the shit at night. And then the internet was out all goddamn yep, night. Eight o'clock went out. So uh, I uh, had to watch it this morning. And even while like horror, closed, horror movies in the morning, or it's a weird watch. It's, the, a, it's a weird way to start your day. Yeah. And B, the lighting is all wrong. The lighting <laughs> is all wrong. I couldn't get the room dark enough, obviously, because I mean that shit. The windows yeah. facing the east part of the house. Uh, yeah, you know. So I think that hurt. That hurt my personal viewing of it a little bit. So I, I liked it. Not crazy for it. It is well made though. And if you're into these type of movies, I'd say it's worth checking out. Um, all right, media diet. Rest of the media diet. Uh, on uh, I got some good TV time this week on the FX on Hulu app. I mm-hmm. finished. I thought I had more episodes. I only had one episode left of what we do in the show. Uh, yeah, it ended real quick. Yeah, <laughs> it's very fast with that yeah. one with the fake party. Yeah, uh, but it was good. And then ends with I'm Guillermo. Though I forgot his last name. Damn it, that's the whole joke. You <laughs> but Guillermo, he reveals himself to be the vampire hunter yep. killer. That's great. Season three is going to be fun. Um, I finished Devs. Mm-hmm. Finally went back and finished that. Um, very great. I can see why a couple reasons why it's not as popular as it could have been. Mm-hmm. I get it. First off, obviously it's only one season. There ain't yeah. gonna be no death. No, too. that's like the whole kind of the point of it. Yeah, it's uh-huh. right. So it can't build an audience. No. Um, it was an effects on Hulu exclusive. Yep. So it was on TV. No. So it couldn't build that audience. Nope. And then on top of that. Kind of a pretty heady, smart movie or God. movie series. Yeah, I mean, eight, almost eight episodes. On yeah, episodes? eight hour movie, mm-hmm. and it's like and, it's an eight hour fucking Alex Garland movie. Mm-hmm. So and it, it's it shows all the way through, <laughs> pacing, the style, the look, yeah. of it, all of it, the conversations, the 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 the, the philosophical conversations. Um, oh, I thought it was really really good. Yeah, really, really, really like it. Definitely recommend people check that yeah. one out. That was a fun pairing with Westworld because they deal with some of the same yeah, absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. You know, but just yeah. in different ways. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay. Oh, and then also uh, uh, I watched, I, I, as I said before, I'm going to rewatch the Lone Wolf and Cubs, the first two, mm-hmm. and watch the other ones that I hadn't seen. So I rewatched Lone Wolf and Cub, Baby Cart Tahiti's, which is the second one. And really, Shogun Assassin is like, it's mostly this movie with the action scenes from the first movie okay. and then with a voiceover thrown yeah. in. So this one, there's even more stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember all this shit mm-hmm. here. Uh, but it's wild. It's violent. It's cool. Um, 
and looking forward to watching the rest of the movies and, and seeing mm-hmm. how this whole story plays out. Because now this time I'm actually paying attention to the story and the plot, and the plot. And characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You're not just like, ooh, samurai. Yeah, yeah. And then they stop, they start talking, and then like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't care. I, 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 uh, look, start looking around the room, like, what do we got? Like, oh, a yo-yo. Uh, super enjoying that one. Lone Wolf and Cub, Baby Card to Hades. Uh, new podcast I've been listening to that started a few months ago uh, that actually had like a, a joke beginning a few years ago, but now it's an actual podcast. You know, um, not personally, but you know the comedian Andy Daly. Mm-hmm. He uh, has been doing podcasting for a while, but like he hasn't done anything sustained. He has a character, and he also has a whole bunch of characters. So he has one character called Dalton Wilcox. Dalton Wilcox is a cowboy, but laureate of the West, self-proclaimed. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, he's also a, a hunter of werewolves and vampires and monsters, but the joke being that he just kills random people and then later says, oh, yeah, that guy was a vampire. Yeah. Um, so he did a pilot episode with this character a few years ago, and now it's an actual podcast. They're doing it for real, and it's... Uh, in front of the paywall, it's free for everyone, and it's called Bonanas for Bonanza, where as Dalton Wilcox and with other comedians and characters, they are going to recap, it's a recap show oh. of the show Bonanza. Uh, they are on now episode eight, and there are 491 episodes. Jesus fuck. Yeah. And they're already making jokes like, oh yeah, and then we're going to do the recap episodes. <laughs> like, we're going to have to do them again. <laughs> we can't just do them once. Uh, so I'm very interested to see how far they can yeah. go with it. And they have, um, each, up, each episode they have a guest who normally pl- seems to be playing some sort of character that they made up, like Jason Mantzoukas was on, and he said he was there to promote his podcast, The Deadwood Boys. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we're talking about the greatest Western show ever made for TV, Deadwood. And Don't look up. I was like, hold on now, what are you talking about? I was like, <laughs> Bonanza. And then also, since Bonanza's from the fucking 50s, yeah. uh, that the hop sing, the Chinese cooking, all this stuff, and they talk about the savages and Indians, mm-hmm. it's full of crazy misogyny and oh, racism yeah. and stuff. So they're like leaning into all that really hard, and uh, it's a really fun, enjoyable show. I'm enjoying it. Bona- Bonanas. For Bonanza. For Bonanza. Uh, I read a book yesterday, the entire book, read it one day. I was like, you know what? I have to date it myself for the first time ever. You're going to read the book. I'm just going to read it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read a book. Um, so it's book one of a trilogy called Vernon Subutex, S-U-B-U-T-E-X, written in French. Obviously, I don't read French, mm-hmm. so it's translated. Written in 2015, translated a couple years ago. Uh, if you're an American, you say this lady's name, Virginie Despentis. Despense. But I looked it up on YouTube and it's Virgin Depont. That's mm-hmm. how you say it. Because it is French. Because it is French. Virgin Depont. Virgin Dubutex. Virgin Dupont. I read this book about this record dealer. Um, so Vernon, it's it's actually a really good book. And apparently got turned into a TV show. Okay. Uh, I guess uh, Canopus, maybe. Um, Vernon is a record dealer who his shop closed in 2006. And he's just been like first living off of his like old supply inventory sent online and then living on the dole with the government and then um, when that dried up having an old friend of his who's like a successful musician was paying his back rent for like two years uh, early on that person that musician dies Not, but before he dies he gives them like these are my last uh, my last taped interviews yeah. man can you hold on to these for me then the guy dies so now this dude Vernon he's couch surfing trying to scam his ways into different uh, sofas or beds um, he has like these tapes he's like stashing them here and there and then meanwhile around them is a growing circuit of people who are finding out about these tapes and for different reasons they want their they want to get their hands on these tapes uh, so now it's a, uh, Paris has become this place where everyone's looking for Vernon he's bouncing around like completely oblivious no. to everything happening around him 
and uh, it's great. I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, if I could sit down and read the whole thing like, in one day, yeah. yeah. It gotcha. So when you like sit down for, for a TV show, say I watch Devs on one day, it's like eight hours. Uh, that I, I binged Devs, but if you just if you sit down for eight hours and read a book, all you did is read a book. Mm-hmm. There's no like cool word for I can't binge a book. Well, you did, but I can't. You I, read a book I, in a day. All I did was read it though. No, but mm-hmm. if the book was like fifty pages, then it, no one's impressed. The book was fifty pages. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's like three hundred and thirty pages. Uh, font's kind of small. I really, really liked it. And so I'm going to order book two and probably book three. There you go. Yeah. I highly recommend Vernon Subutex. Vernon Subutex, David Jean. That was me smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And um, that's it for my media diet. All right, Jordy, you got. Oh, I got a bunch of shit. All right, here we go. <clears throat> so remember how I told you there was all that uh, DC animated stuff on uh, HBO Max? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it all. <laughs> all of it? All of it. All right, so let me just put all. DC <laughs> animated movies. Okay. So, uh, Batman and Harley Quinn. Okay. Hour and 14 minutes. Uh, PG-13. Okay. It's, uh, it's the Batman the Animated Series style okay. of animation. Was it done during that time period? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. Like, uh, no, is Kevin no. Conroy Batman? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, cool. they, they use a, a lot of these used... Uh, Kevin Conroy's Batman, yeah, um, because you know he's in the stable. Uh, but they mess. With, uh, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, th- this one was uh, interesting because uh, Nightwing and Harley Quinn totally bone. Yeah. In 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 this animated movie. That's some. Uh, so yeah. That's some psycho sex. Quote unquote. Twenty minutes of naughty fun time. That's what they. That's what they Might, called it. That's what Harley called it. Harley in called the movie. Twenty minutes of naughty fun time. Yeah. They're probably busy. Uh, also watched uh, Suicide Squad: Colon Hell to Pay. This was the rated R one. Okay. So it's, the other one, the one that you watched last week, wasn't I thought that wasn't rated R. Also, no. this was the this, last week. I said that there was a rated R one. Oh, I was you going said to there was one. Okay, yes. I got you. I got you. Okay. So I watched it this time. It was R for violence because everyone's fucking head explodes. Yeah, that's, Kill- the, that's the main thing. Uh, head one, explosions. two. I, I mean, uh, three of them. Three of the Suicide Squad die in the movie. So, yeah. Nice. And most of it's from head explosion. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, oddly enough, Christian Slater was the voice of Deadshot. Hey, it's me, Deadshot. And, and Waller was uh, Vanessa Williams. Oh, really? <laughs> Good for Vanessa Williams. So, Get yeah. some voice work. Uh-huh. Christian Slater. Yeah. Listen, I got this thing on my eye. It helps me shoot people really good. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of it's a spinoff of the uh, Flashpoint timeline, actually. Okay, so interesting. Yeah, All they right. do a weird thing with Zoom in this movie. So, uh, I like when Zoom shows up. Yeah, Zoom's fun. Uh, speaking of Zoom, watched Justice League: The Flashpoint Paradox. You know that the Flashpoint Paradox. Flashpoint, but it's just Flashpoint. Yeah, it's just the animated Flashpoint. I think I've seen this one. This one, is. this one I've seen. Just animated Flashpoint, uh, and it's good. I remember liking it. Yeah, yeah. They, it, they didn't change anything. They just made it. It's a good story. Yeah. animation's fine. Yeah. Uh, right, Thomas Wayne Batman has red eyes. Mm-hmm. Right, I like the red eyed Batman. Yeah. Very, very. And, and he, it's stubble, it, right? It's stubble, and he uses a, and, and he and uses, uses guns. guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like and, and he runs Wayne a casino. Batman. Yeah, 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 he's fucking. Crazy. Yeah, and he's an alcoholic. You think Bruce Wayne's crazy? Oh man, wait till you see a, yeah. a grieving father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine Bruce Wayne, but he spent all his money on booze, <laughs> on booze and guns. Not even like trying to find cool, no. non-lethal guns. No, 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 no. Just he's just regular guns. guns. So I'm good with a nine. <laughs> I'll kill a man from fifty paces for my three fifty-seven. So that was fun. Thomas, are you? We're playing blackjack, buddy. Oh, I'm sorry. 
blacked out for a second. Uh, also watched Justice League colon Crisis on Two Earths. Oh, so not not all the Earths. No, not just, the Infinite Earths. No, only two. It's a much smaller crisis. Yes. It's a manageable crisis. Only two Earths. <laughs> I mean, it, it has the Infinite Earths scope in it a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, they definitely simplified it for this nice little hour and 12 minute cartoon. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. <laughs> so, so there's only two Earths. Okay. Uh, uh, the, the good one. So the, there's the one that we're from, and then yeah. the other Earth, uh, basically everything is opposite. So okay. the good guys are the bad guys, bad guys are the good guys. Ooh, confusing. So the, the Justice League is the Justice of Doom, basically. Okay. The Justice League, League of Doom. Doom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the bad guys. Uh, Whoa. So each of the sounds, superheroes has to fight their alternate. That could be promising. That could be fun. Good and bad. Uh, the good part, the best part of the movie was uh, the Batman one because Batman was voiced by Billy Baldwin, and <laughs> okay. he was fighting Owlman, who was voiced by James Woods. James Woods versus Billy Baldwin. What the fuck? <laughs> That's weird. It was Owlman. Owlman. Oh boy. Yes. Ooh, Imagine ooh. if Batman had had even looser morals. Okay. Thomas Wayne. Yeah, even looser than that. Ooh, Owlman. <laughs> James Woods. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, yes, exactly. Fucking so, James Woods. So that was fun. Uh, then we've got uh, Justice League colon Gods and Monsters. Uh, That's a generic title. It's basically an an alternate dark DC universe. You, you mm-hmm. take uh, the... But it's not Justice League dark, though. No, you, basically you take... Um, like Superman in this one, yep. uh, instead of being the son of Jor-El mm-hmm. and being found by the Kents, mm-hmm. uh, he's the son of Zod okay. and is found by Mexican immigrants. Okay. So... Ay, 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 Superman! So voiced by... Uh, Bumblebee Man. Benjamin Brad. Who else is going to be Hispanic Superman? Benjamin Brad. <laughs> at least he's not a fucking... Uh, that's just a Jason Soap's cop roles. Let's say at least it's not a fucking uh, criminal. So yeah, Soup's is the son of Zod. Uh, Batman so is... <laughs> oh, Batman is is a vampire in this one. Like okay. a literal... And it's not Bruce Wayne. It's somebody else. Okay. Uh, uh, Wonder Woman is not Diana Prince. She's uh, some... Uh, somewhere from like Darkseid's world, basically. But okay. like a good person... But turned bad-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like a nebula. And then the, the bad guys are, are... Are you familiar with the Metal Men from DC Comics? I am not familiar with Metal Men. Enlighten yeah. me. Basically, uh, C-grade heroes. Okay. They were basically... Each of them had, like, powers of different metal. They could, like, expand and contract and were hard. And it was bullshit. But anyway, they took those guys and kind of rearranged them into this story. That's so true. they were the bad guys. So they found a use for the Metal yes. Men. Oh, wow. But it was fun. It was well enough. You yeah. Know, once again, hour and fifteen minutes. So it was nice and quick. Yeah, these things are all nothing's longer than ninety minutes, right? So. No, the, most of them are in between an hour and ten and an hour and twenty. That's nice. Yeah. That's really uh, awesome. Also watched Justice League colon War. <laughs> okay. So this is it's the Justice League versus Dark Side. So okay. it's the original formation of the Justice League to deal with, you know, this otherworldly menace. The first impending doom that was like, we should team up. Yes. And guess who uh, voices Superman in this one, Chris? Um, When was it made? I'll give you a hint. He's got two dicks. Oh. (laughs) uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. (laughs) Alan Tudyk. He's done a lot of like voice work, it seems. He was the two dick Superman. He gets to do quite a bit. Uh, Man, that's pretty cool. 
the animation styles on these? How do they range? They vary yeah. from good to okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing great or like you're like, No, oh, no, no, no. Movie. Like it, it's all definitely like television grade Fairly cheap. animation. Yeah. So Fairly quick, yes. I should probably say. Yes. Yeah, they don't give the animators that much time to do what they got to do. Nope, not nope. at all. Well, you got to make these things for a certain budget, I understand. No, exactly. If you're going to pay Alan two digs, he charges per dick, so... They each get a contract. Which is why we have uh, also watched Batman colon Bad Blood. Bad Blood, does that have something to do with the... So this is the... This is the... Do you remember from the new 52-ish era where Batman was kind of like out of commission after the Court of Owl stuff? Like he was just kind of gone... Like Batman disappeared, basically. Vaguely. He he was kidnapped by Bat- Ta- Talia and then brainwashed. That family's got to yeah, step in. Exactly. It, it's that story. Okay. So yeah, it's, it, it's the bat. It's the bat fam. We got a. Uh, does that include Damien? Yep. Okay. Yes, all of them. It's that. So you know, was Dave? Is Damien his actual son? Yes, Damien. Well, yes, his son with Talia. With Talia. Okay. Talia Al Ghul. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so he's part Al Ghul. Yes. See, Bruce, that's a problem. <laughs> Yes, he is part of Al Ghul, <laughs> and he was actually he was he was, and he was raised by his grandfather. Yeah, so that's gonna be an issue. <laughs> yeah issues. That's gonna be an issue. Uh huh. F- family issues. Um, that, that's an interesting uh, update to the to the Batman ba- Batman franchise. Yeah, 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 that's pretty, is. pretty cool. Uh, also, yeah, was it good? Did you like it? It was all right. I mean, I, I, I've I got that comic series, so it was a faithful enough adaptation. That's a thing. When you already read the comic. When I've already, exactly. When I've already read the comic, it's more of like, it's just kind of watching to see what they did. You know, did they tone this down? Did mm-hmm. they make, you know, what did they do here? Yeah. What other comic book? Because like most of the movies, they don't draw from one storyline. They try to interweave other stuff so they can get as much bang for their buck as sure. they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, just like in Justice League, colon, Throne of Atlantis. Uh, 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 some Aquaman shit going on here? Uh, the Aquaman movie, add the Justice League. So he's just, like, battling out with a, yes. a brother for, yep. for control? L- learning and... that he's Aquaman, meeting... No shit. It's a straight up... Uh... Straight up, straight up Aquaman movie. Aquaman movie. Yeah. Oh, oh. But uh, under the guise of Justice League. How's the Justice League that even factor into it? Uh, at one when he finds his powers, yeah. like someone, the Justice League are on some other thing, uh, and uh, uh, oh, uh, his the uh, the Sea King, the bad guy, yeah, uh, he's trying to declare uh war on the surface. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, you gotta declare right. war on the surface. Yeah, yeah, the boards in the water. Yeah, the surface is bad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. With, I'm with the Sea King on uh-huh. that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so again, I guess we're on Earth too because the Justice League are doing the devil's work. Yes, uh, stopping the Sea King from yes doing the what he needed to do. And even though it has, to, uh, even though there's very small characters in this movie, yep. Soups is voiced by Jerry O'Connell. Okay, Joe's apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sliders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Wonder Woman is voiced by Rosario Dawson. All right, there we go. I feel like she's done, she's voiced other stuff too. Oh, I'm sure she has. Uh, like specifically for DC. For DC, no. uh, man, it's so funny seeing who like falls into these some of these uh, little side career paths. Yeah, and, no, yeah. And make extra money. Find, oh yeah, I can do voice work. I can stand in a booth for a couple days and yeah. make a hundred thousand dollars. Nathan Fillion's been doing it. He's in like all. Yeah. The, but just so you know, Nathan Fillion is a is a voice in like every single one of these movies and something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got a great voice. Uh, also. Justice League colon doom. 
Okay. <laughs> so it's it's basically it, it crossover the Doom franchise. Oh uh, no, it's they go to uh, Mars, find it, a way it, it, it's basically the starting of the Legion of Doom. Just instead of with uh, Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. it's with this character called Vandal Savage, who's actually from the Flash. Okay. Uh, he's basically uh, an immortal caveman. Like th- think of the old guard. Okay. He's 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 a bad guy version of that who has amassed a large fortune throughout his entire life. Uh, you know, he's this a- guy was Caesar. He was Genghis Khan. Oh. More often than not, he is a conqueror of mankind. Oh wow! So, but now he's like, now nah, I need help. Yeah. With, with the Superman. You know exactly. We've got words. all these fucking superheroes now. People can oppose me. This is not cool. Is it good? It's all right. I. Uh, I had never heard of the Vandal Savage character before, so it was a fun introdu- introduction for me. Okay. And I'm always a fan of alternate history, so you're telling me that this immortal being was both Caesar and Genghis Khan? Fuck it, I'm in. Yeah, that is fun. That is, that is a cool deep. But otherwise, just okay. It sounds like all these things, they all everything's just like okay. Yeah. Like nothing's really, oh man, that this one's really good. Like, well, I mean, it's because their source materials obviously been written better and and, and drawn better than mm. you're, you're getting the light version the, of all of these stories the quicker animated so, a- animated version yeah mm. okay fair so fair. all right uh and also watch superman colon unbound it's he's, he's unbound it's it, it's it's the brainiac story doesn't he like put him in a tiny city or something the city of candor city the, of the candor. last surviving uh city of krypton okay Brainiac took it before it exploded, and then the uh, then he imprisons him inside. Yeah, and and you got so you get Supergirl tie in because she's his cousin and from Krypton and blah blah yeah blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah yeah. All right, Brainiac story. They've but, been trying to do Brainiac in a movie for a while. Uh, but the fun part was yeah. Uh, Stephen Root yeah was the voice of Zor El. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, and Jonathan cool. Noble was Brainiac. Jonathan Noble. That name is familiar. I'll show you his face. I'm like, oh, Jonathan no- yeah, yeah. Noble. Yes. Oh, you said Jonathan Noble. And here we go. Drew's pulling up and he's showing me three, two, one. And oh, jo- Jonathan Noble. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that guy from the Lord of the Rings, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, okay. That's that's good. So that was that. that Man, Stephen Root. Love me some Stephen I know, Roots. me too. Uh, okay, watched uh, Perry Mason's episode two and three. I didn't see three. Okay. I saw two but, finally. But it's three. It is. It, we are just continuing this dark, twisted story of Perry story. Mason. I feel like Perry Mason's the type of show where I like it, it's good, but I can definitely put it on and then like half pay attention. Like I don't, I don't. I like to full pay attention. Yeah, like I don't have to. It's like it's not. Oh man, it's not like Mister Robot where I'm like, oh shit, did I miss something? Like if I miss something, I go, wait, what happened? Yeah, that's fine. You know, because I'm sure it'll just pick up later or things will just make sense. Mm-hmm. So you don't whatever. Because it's just about trying to get Perry Mason to be. Well, he's a defense, defense attorney. What does he end up being? He's a detective. He's always been a detective. He's always just been a detective. He's okay. a private eye. He's just, a private eye, just dude. A, just a PI <laughs> working for the defense, though, right? This is, is that his thing? He's always I like, think so, yeah. let's go, 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 let's go. So, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I need to, I need to watch it. And then tonight would be episode four. Tonight will be yes, episode four. Oh boy, so that would put me two ups behind mm-hmm. if, I don't, if I don't get right on it. Yep. Uh, I watched the new episode of Holy Moly because it's back from break. Cool. That was fun. Very good. It's uh, it's Rob Riggle. Yep. Uh, they did some sort of tie-in with uh, the Bachelor. So the host from The Bachelor was there, and they had dumb yeah. stuff with roses. Yeah. But ABC, I mean, right? ABC, it is what yeah. it is. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know. I do want to 
that's something I could like before I before you got here I just put on a couple episodes of The Simpsons because I had some time to kill I'll just throw on some Simpsons Holy Moly is one I could just oh yeah out. totally I just really. it, it, seriously you, I walk you, around you don't whatever. have to pay attention mm-hmm. every once in a while basically just perk your ears every time you hear Rob Riggle's voice because he's got a joke coming this is those <laughs> jokes wait for him to like jump on a shark or something exactly yeah. yeah yeah call it a day uh, every once in a while you'll see uh, what's his face John Lovitz yep so you know that's I'm fine totally fine with that yeah uh, watched a couple seasons of Robot Chicken because, uh, you know, it's only 10 minute episodes. Yeah. So a season's like two hours of your life. Yeah, yeah you can get them pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And they go by real quick and you don't even notice. And then with the, in each episode, it's all the jokes are very fast. Yeah, no, right? exactly. It's family, yeah. it's family guy style. So yeah. One after another, after another, after another, after another. It's so, like, oh, you think that was funny? It's fine. We're on to the next one already? Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, this awful movie that I was talking about, Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah, you that. I watched The Three Musketeers from 2011. Oh, man, that has, like... Isn't... Dude, the, the amount of people in this movie... That, that cast is... Is super stacked. talented! Yes. Like, I'm, wa- I'm looking at the cast, and I'm like, how, how... A, how do I not know about this movie? Oh. B, how is it so bad? Yeah. And C, God, I wonder how much money this costs, because it looked... It, it reminded me of... Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, like the most recent Robin Hood reboot, where they just took this simple little idea and spent way too much money on a garbage version. Way too of much it. money in time. Uh, you didn't hear about it. You just then forgot about it because we never saw it. Well, it was 2011 as well. 2011, so it's recent enough history. Yeah. I remember seeing the trailers for it and be like, it's bad. Oof. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof, it is. Bad. It is. Also meant to be in 3D. Ooh, Sorry. okay. I, I understand. Okay, so it I get that. Explains a lot of photography. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, reason why it is bad is because it's Paul W S Anderson. Yeah. Paul, what, what shit? It's been a long time since Event Horizon. Uh, but because he's in it, it's got Mila Jovovich. Dude, Mila Jovovich, Orlando Bloom. Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson, Christoph Waltz, mm-hmm. Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. Matt, uh, actually, uh, a guy who I didn't realize had been in movies like this. Uh, so he's in Secession now as kind of a... He plays kind of a cuck in this, but uh, Matthew McFadden plays Athos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matthew McFadden. Yeah. And uh, Luke Evans. Yeah. And D'Artagnan's fucking Logan Lerman. That's wild. The Lerms. That, that's wild. <laughs> like, who's this dumb kid? We'll never yeah, see him again. Exactly. It's fucking Logan Lerman. Yeah. Just on the so, hunters and all uh, that shit. Yeah, the movie was awful. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the writing was awful. Yeah. I mean, the acting was very good because... Because everyone... Fucking Christ. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're all good actors. Yeah. But the movie itself was like... Ugh. Oh, yeah, it was awful. So yeah, it was fucking wet dog shit. But you watch it because of the cast, right? You know, I saw the, I, I saw all the people, and I was like, I don't care how bad this movie is, I have to watch it. It's uh for sure they're doing like the action, the blockbuster action movie version of the Three Musketeers. Yes, yeah. How come it's not the Four Musketeers again? Because he's joining. Yes, at the end of the Four Musketeers. Sure, but then they never make a sequel. And they never, they're always the Three Musketeers. They always just keep resetting, going back to the Three Musketeers. Did you see the one with Oliver Platt? There's a 90s Three Musketeers. Oh, I think maybe... Wasn't that one more, like, dramatic, though? I think so. I think they lean more into the actual I, I, book. And I want to say darker, too. Oh, no, that was Man of the Iron Mask. Yes. Same story, different movie. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> um, okay. Inter- uh, interesting oh, choice, Three Musketeers. Yes. Well, I, it was on Hulu, so... Fair. It was right there. You're already there. Yeah, and I saw... See, I'm a sucker for Ray Stevenson. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I really am. Yeah, that's true. So... Ever since Rome. And uh, then I watched uh, two stand-up specials. Okay. Uh, the new Jim Jeffries special, Intolerant. Mm-hmm. It's an Australian man calling people cunts for an hour. He's like, oh, you bunch of cunts. Yep. 
You want, you want a lolly? Exactly. <laughs> so that's fun. And then because the internet went out last night, I uh, had to watch stuff on YouTube. Uh-huh. Watched uh, the new Hannibal Burris special called Miami Nights. Miami Nights. Okay. It's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Watch it. <laughs> that's it. It's hilarious. Watch it. Yeah. What, what do you want, Drew, to tell you the jokes? He, I do not have the comedic timing of Hannibal Burris. Yeah, just just watch Hannibal. No, do nor do jokes. I have the production quality. No, so that's nice to be able to yeah. have a nice camera and edit. Um, all right, yeah, you had a lot of stuff there. So yeah, not, you really crushed that that, uh, that DC section of yeah. that that app. Are you gonna check out season two of Doom Patrol? No. Did you ever even finish season one? No. Never finished season one. I might. I don't know. They didn't put Titans on there. I noticed. Oh, did they? They did not. Oh. No, they did not. Put nah. It on there. I mean, I I get why. Titans was weird, man. It's it a weird was, show, yeah. It was like it. Half of that show could have been on the CW, and the other half definitely stays on HBO just for violence. Yeah, that's very, <laughs> that's very true. I want, so, I want to see how they handle a uh, Superman clone, Superboy, in season two because that looks like fun. Anyway, I ain't got time to watch no, it. Really watch. All right, we got to take a break. Yep. All right, we got uh, Billy D's Death at the Movies here. He has a review of a horror film called The Beach House that he's been raving about on Twitter for a few days. It's on Shudder. So here's his uh, review of that. And then I got you uh, a little bit of uh, house lounge music that you can uh, real quick clean the house to. You got about four minutes to clean the house and listen to the song. And then we'll be back with the second half of the show. What's up, my dudes? Hope you're all safe and healthy still, wearing masks, washing hands. I got to see the Shudder exclusive film, The Beach House, a couple weeks ago, and now I can finally talk about it because it's been released. I know I bang the drum for Shudder pretty hard, and it's because they're continually delivering quality films and series. The Beach House is their newest release, and it's fantastic. Jeffrey A. Brown's featured debut is a beautiful and grotesque cosmic body horror film with psychedelic elements and layers of atmosphere. The Beach House is about a young couple staying at a family vacation home with the intention of spending the weekend having some pretty big talks about their future. When they arrive, they find that an older couple who are family friends are already staying there. Honestly, if Brown stopped here and just made this a tense chamber drama about two couples imploding at an isolated location, I'd have been fine with that. But The Beach House has much bigger ideas. The film takes off when everyone decides to eat edibles in a scene that's way more tense than it needed to be, and the main character, played by Liana Liberato, talks about her field of study, astrobiology. I don't want to spoil any of the surprises because this is a small film that should be watched with as little knowledge beforehand as possible. The Beach House definitely weaves interpersonal drama with much bigger conflicts and is not to be missed. Stay cool, Billy D.
show right now with Drew. Whatever, dude. Dude, how you doing? Doing okay. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing that. We have zero time to dick around. Uh, cinema crispy, so at gmail.com is the email address where you can send stuff to the show and we'll read it just like this. Oh, uh, we got an email from Carmella. What up, Carmella? He's the man. Uh, looks like we got some sort of game. Ooh, game time. Chris Andrew, the kings of 69. Oh, yeah, up top. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Uh, guess, uh, guess the year these guess the year these well-known movies finished at number 69 <laughs> at the year-end box office. Okay. Thanks for doing the show each week. I'm hoping one day you'll be able to talk about current box office totals again. Yeah, in 2021, if neither of us die. We're having a long time. All right. So, blah, blah, blah. so uh, I guess the year of these movies. Okay. So, what year was this movie? Number 69, Chris. Okay. Number one. Okay. Jackass number two. That would be 2006. Correct. All right. Singles. 1992. Big Trouble in Little China. 1996. Bad Santa. 2003. Ha! 2004! Okay. I knew I was in college. Uh, to Die For. It's 90s. 95. God damn, you're good. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Ooh, which I just rewatched the ending of. Uh, 86? 87. 87. I was going to say 87. And finally, Paranorman. Uh-huh. I remember Paranorman, 2008-ish. 2012. Okay, you were the farthest off from the farthest that one, Chris. Okay, God damn. Go. You're fucking good at movie dates, bro. I was trying to just remember, like, when did I see it in theaters? Who was I with? Like, what was happening there at that time period? If it was around college, I could narrow it to college, 90s, something like that. All right. So I did. There was a little bit of luck in there. We got an email from Gabe. Thanks, Carmelo, for the game. We appreciate it. What's up, Gabe? What up, show? How you doing, Gabe? I'm about to delve my toes into Dark, the German Netflix series. I, I hear it's intensive, hard to follow, and an hour long per episode. <laughs> it's got good, solid solid buzz online, solid oh. reviews after two or three seasons. But I want to make the trek because I've done it for Westworld, Channel Zero, Lost, etc., etc. Some more rewarding than others. What long, hard-to-follow series would you recommend to take a look at out there, especially since not many new movies are being released around these times? I finished Breaking Bad to watch the Camino movie, and now I want to check out The Wire 2. I've seen bits and pieces of Sopranos, but these are the types of shows I'm talking about. Sopranos, well, none of those are, like, hard-to-follow or twisty-turny, but Sopranos and The Wire are both, like, two of the most critically acclaimed and well-regarded shows. Yeah. It's definitely easy recommends on those. Mm-hmm. Um, Deadwood. If you haven't seen Deadwood, I mean, yeah, Deadwood. Reason. Watch that, and then yeah, that shows why. And then do yourself a favor and watch the movie afterwards, yeah, so you don't good. feel so bad. The movie's a great, and, one. and you didn't have to wait a decade for the movie. It's so. a great wrap up. The movie's a great wrap up. Um, I mean, Devs. If you haven't watched that on Hulu, Devs. It's it's De- thick, but it is worth it. If Gabe hasn't seen Devs, Devs is for sure the stupid thing. Devs is for sure uh, the type of show they're describing there, hundred mm-hmm. percent. But then it ends after only eight episodes, nine mm-hmm. episodes, so then it's over. Um, I mean, if you I, Robot Legion, Mr. Robot, those type of shows. Yeah, I mean, movie. yeah, Mr. Robot Legion. Uh, I mean, I think he watches. I'll even go with the the Watchmen series if you haven't watched that yet. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm pop- game hasn't <laughs> seen Watchmen, um, but that is though a great answer for what you're looking for on that type of thing. Watchmen would be good, especially for newer stuff, older yeah. stuff. Twin Peaks is still on Netflix, season one and season two, and then season quote three is on Showtime. The first season of Twin Peaks is amazing. The first 
eight or nine episodes of season two are very good. It goes downhill for a few eps, and then it picks back up towards the end. Uh, the movie is then really good, but you have to watch season one, season two, and then watch the movie, which is a prequel, and then watch uh, the, the, the Showtime Twin Peaks. So Showtime Twin Peaks I is mean, fucking insane. You could always just also... Drew did not like it at all. <laughs> I could not get him to watch it. I, 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 did, not like, did not like it at all. Oh. I mean, I'm a fan of the weirdness, you know, the yeah. the little weird French dude speaking backwards, like all that shit. I like it, but it's just like as a whole, the series. I no. Yeah, I remember watching a new one. You're like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, I guess we're watching something else. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, also along those lines, I mean, just stick with HBO. I mean, I'm not sure if yeah. you ever watched Rome, but uh, although two, two seasons of that, although right? not so good, it is hella violent and sexy. And it is yes, and it's about yes, it's sexy. It's about tough guys. Great Ray Stevenson. It's a John Milius show. It's yeah. like the last thing he did before he stroked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so for sure worth checking uh, out. Carnival. Carnival as well. I mean, you're going to be angry because you're, you're get the to- second you think everything is going to be paying off and getting good it, this show, series show, is over show gets cancelled so mm-hmm. but everything up to that you get some awesome fucking Clancy Brown yeah absolutely absolutely yes yeah, stick with HBO HBO is a great resource uh, for all that long form stuff but be careful though accidentally click on a John from Cincinnati and then, Woo! then you're, that's your fault then your vibe is uh, totally thrown <laughs> is, this, is this guy Jesus <laughs> is he a surfer Jesus Hey, bro, I'm the blood and the lamb, and also hang ten, dude. <laughs> oh, we got an email from Gabe. What up, Gabe? Wait, I did that already. Yo, Crespi Crispo. That's me. I am a first-generation kid from Miami. I'm watching Mucho Mucho Amor about Walter Mercado, oh, and I yeah. want to hear your experience of Spanish culture in America. Oh, Is Walter Mercado completely new to you, or can your parents speak to the magnificent character of Walter Mercado. Yeah, uh, Walter Mercado, his documentary just dropped. Uh, I had no idea what you who, know, No idea? Z- literally, n- n- never at any point in time in my life did this ever come on my radar. It's, probably because it is, like Gabe is referencing a Hispanic household culture thing. Uh, me in my house growing up in New York with my parents, Spanish TV was very rarely on. I did still know what Sabro Gigante was, like base level, but I, we didn't watch it. But I did spend a decent amount of time with my grandmother, and she had on the Univision all the time. And yes, I saw this guy pop up often on on, and he's an astrologer. And my grandma's still sitting there, Christian grandma, still sitting there watching <laughs> this guy, listening and being into it. I don't know what she took from it. I never asked her about it, but I knew all about this weird looking, like way too much makeup, very flamboyant guy. Uh, I didn't know how much he meant to Spanish culture, and I, I think he's Mexican, or I think he's Mex- from Mexico. I need to actually watch a documentary. Um, I realize how much of a symbol of the culture he was until he passed away recently. And then when he died and all the things for people were writing, I was like, oh, wow, this guy's more than just some weird dude popped up on the news when I was at my grandma's house Mm -hmm. every now and then. Uh, So I I do have a reference point for who he is. Uh, I'm shocked that the the documentary is getting as much traction as it is online. Um, It's just like a love letter to (laughs) the dude and it's very much... uh... And then I did watch a little bit of the trailer on Netflix and there's a good hook in there where, because uh, the guy, he stopped doing his thing for a while, and then he came back. Um, so the trailer is like, and then he disappeared. <laughs> like, where did Walter Mercado go? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, he just didn't want people to see him get old. That's no. how it was. Uh, I need to watch it. I need to watch it. It's supposed to be good. 
right. We got an email from Carmella. What up, Carmella? Oh, it's about the... Okay, so listening to your best movies in NYC Patreon episode uh, a little while ago, I nice. was inspired to do my NYC TV favorites. Nice. The first three picks are obvious choices, and the last three are lesser appreciated shows. Keep up the good work. Thank you. So, in reference to our Patreon.com slash so bonus episode yeah, these are, on these, the, these our are, favorite New York City movies. These are Carmela's favorite NYC TV favorites. Uh, Law and Order's got to be on that list. All right, here we go. Let's see. Mad Men. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. 1960s New York makes an incredible backdrop for one of the best written dramas of all time. A show about advertising sounds boring, but Mad Men is anything but. Plus, it features breakup performances from both John Hamm mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Moss. That's true. Uh, also, Christina Hendricks uh, got some juice off of that. Um, going back to Gabe's email, Mad Men, if he hasn't seen that, it's probably uh, huh? a good um, show because there's like five or six seasons of it. I think. Everybody loves it. And everyone really liked it, yeah. Uh, Mr. Robot. Yes. Sam Esmail did a good job capturing the magic, energy of NYC, and the city features prominently throughout the Times Square sequences. That's true. And the epic chase episode through NYC made incredible use of the city. That's very true. I've never, well, I, I never really thought of Mr. Robot as being a New York I guess maybe because New York City in TV is a little more common than in yeah. movies now. Uh, yeah, it is a really good New York show. It's a good choice. Seinfeld. <laughs> what is there left to say about Seinfeld? My biggest complaint is I wish it looked more like it was actually shot in NYC. Because it was shot in uh, LA backlots. And that's, and that's why. <laughs> that's why. Every now and then... Uh, Every now and then, they would send someone to New York. Normally, Michael Richards, they'd send him to New York to shoot something on the street. But really, what they would do, it's very funny to watch. When you, because I, I have the whole box set, yeah. and I would listen to it with the commentary tracks. And they would point out, oh, this shot in New York, that's a, that's a double. That's They would go out with some fake Kramer and just shoot him from behind. So every time you see him like out on the street street, that's always directly from behind. It's very, very funny. <laughs> uh, and it's still... Uh, the epitome of a New York show. It's funny how that is. You know, Seinfeld just struck a deal with... The dub? Lego. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Why? Lego Seinfeld? Le- Lego Seinfeld. I guess a Lego sign uh, The Tom's Restaurant. <laughs> uh, people will buy it. <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> people will buy it. Uh, Superman, the new animated series. Spider-Man is the best NYC superhero. This series only ran for one season on MTV in 2003, which allowed it to be darker and more mature themes. Doogie Howser voices Peter Parker, and the music is from John Digweed, who is one of the greatest electronic DJs of all time. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, 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 I never that saw that one. Yeah, yeah, never saw Spider-Man, one. the new animated series. So there's only a season of it. Yeah, 2003. Uh, Taxi! I definitely wasn't looking for like new cartoons or Marvel stuff in 2003. I was, but in 2003, most of it was geared so much towards children that I wanted nothing to do with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So this one just missed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What was uh, it? All right, what was the next one? I'm sorry. Taxi! <laughs> what is more 70s and 80s New York than The Taxi Driver? The cast alone featuring Andy Kaufman, Danny DeVito, and Christopher Lloyd makes this show worth watching. It was written and created by James L. Brooks, who went on to have a huge career in movies and helped develop and bring a little show called The Simpsons to air. Mm-hmm. And lastly, but last but not least, How to Make It in America. This HBO, oh, HBO series show, yeah. is about a group of 20-somethings trying to start a fashion line Ran for two seasons. It really made me wish I spent a couple of years in NYC in my 20s because NYC looks so much fun in the show. Plus, it has Kid Cudi in a supporting role. I remember that was like 2011 or so because uh, 
the SBK Live crew was checking out. They were watching it. And season one, they're like, yeah, the show's great. Then season two, like, man, they're slipping. <laughs> and then it got canceled. All right. Uh, that was a good list. Good list of a uh, show set in uh, New York there for sure. Yeah, Law and Order. Is, uh, yeah, a classic. No. So much New York in there. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, for outside, otherwise, yeah, I guess that, that's it. That's it. That's the definitive list. Sounds good. No more New York list. That's it. It's over. We've cracked the New York code. We done so until we do a, a diehard TV show. <laughs> um, so that's it for emails. Yep. All right. I neglected to do a, a Facebook post this week. That's my bad, guys. I apologize for the comment question thread. I'll make sure to do it uh, for three ninety three coming up. Got a, a lot of stories. I want to do this quippy thing. So uh, and we're quickly running out of time. So we're definitely going long. But I don't have that much time, so we'll see. Uh, rest of peace, Neil Marcone. You do that, people are like, oh yeah, westerns. Mm-hmm. But they don't know the movie. Nope. They, That's all you gotta do. That's the good, bad, the ugly. They don't know who did it. And Neil mm-hmm. Morricone, uh, this guy helped define the sound of the western. When you when you play Red Dead Redemption and that music that's playing, yeah. that's yeah. like they're all just doing Morricone mm-hmm. stuff. Um, he passed away this week. He was about ninety two, ninety three. So he's an older man. So it's not, you know, it's not a tragedy that he passed. However, the way he passed kind of sucks. Not COVID, but he did break his femur in a fall oh. and then died from the infection shortly yeah. after. So that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens to old people. It does. Unfortunately, it happens as you get older, as you age. That was part of a... Uh, re- re- oh, it's part of relic. You get older, don't you? And then your body falls apart. And, right, then. and it's scary. Right, then. It's scary. Right, in it? It's scary, in it? That's a little more British. It's scary, British, in it? <laughs> So rest in peace to Neil Marconi. It's sad. Um, but, you know, just like, uh, who was it said? We all got to die someday. Who was it? Someone in response to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing it up. Uh, let's see. How do I want to do this? I want to do the stories. I'm going to do this Quibi story first. So this Quibi story, this Quibi thing came out on Vulture this week. And I, and I fucking printed the goddamn thing out so I could do highlights. So I could highlight relevant sections and get through it a little quicker. But, uh, and actually, I think it just ran in uh, New Yorker magazine and just got republished on Vulture because they own everything anyway. Um, Emmy Insider. Is anyone watching Quibi? Is the name of the article by Benjamin Wallace. Streaming platform raised $1.75 billion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it can't get audiences to notice. Um, this article's fun because it also acts as sort of a quick... Uh, uh, so Film School on Jeffrey Katzenberg. Okay. So, uh, some interesting things here that I highlight. First off, Quibi is the brainchild of Katzenberg, former Disney studio head and DreamWorks co-founder. You know, at the end of DreamWorks, it says uh, SKG. Mm-hmm. That's Spielberg, Katzenberg, Geffen. Oh. So it's Steven Spielberg, Jeffrey Katzenberg, and David Geffen. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones who started Quibi. Four ninety nine with ads. Seven ninety nine without ads. Uh, and obviously the whole thing with Quibi is that it's quick bites. Things chopped up into chunks, 10-minute chunks, so you can watch it when you're, like, waiting in line for something. Or they had a whole ad campaign mm. that wasn't even showing you what was on Quibi. Nope. Just when you could watch it, like when you're stuck in quicksand or some ridiculous yeah. ad campaign. is strange. We'll talk about that. It's like live-action robot chicken, but not. But, uh, yeah, covering all sorts of genres. Um, Quibi launched spring 2020 with 50 original shows and 125 set to be rolled out by the end of the year. <laughs> Yes, uh, they recruited a top, uh, recruited amazing array of talent. Sam Raimi would produce a horror anthology. 
I just Elba will star in a car stunt show. Chrissy Teigen got, puts on judges' robes, and comedy presides over courtroom. Lena Waithe would make a show about sneakerheads. Anna Kendrick would anchor comedy, which her character befriends her boyfriend's sex doll. The Kardashians would do a mock reality show featuring a mythical fraternal twin brother named Kirby Jenner. They're really throwing as many noodles against the wall as they can. Mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro doing a show with them. He told the writer... He had come up with a project that uses Quibi's frequent breaks, quote, not as a syntactic narrative device only, but to reflect a story. Every 10 minutes, you'll get a swerve, a fork in the road. Uh, so he's trying to use the format to his mm-hmm. uh, advantage. When it launched on April 6th, it debuted at number three on the Apple app. By mid-June, number 284. <laughs> All right. Uh did you know they relaunched Reno 911 on Quibi? No. Reno 911's back. It's on Quibi. Okay. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about Jason Reitman doing that sneaky, everyone does them themselves at home remake of The Princess Bride with oh, yeah. a ton of different actors. Yeah. Recently deceased Carl Reiner. It's technically now his last filmed role because <sighs> he played the grandpa reading yeah. the book to um to your boy Josh Gett. Um, sold to Quibi. <sighs> so it's on Quibi now. So no one's going to see no it. No one's ever going to see it. No one's going to watch it. Um... Katzenberg recruited Meg Whitman. Meg Whitman was the uh, the head of the CEO of Hewlett Packard. Okay. And then she announced her retirement. Day she announced her retirement, Katzenberg calls her up. Hey, I got. I got hey, you got some cash. I got something for you. No, not do you have some cash? I have a job for you. Um. This article points out one of the most striking things about Quibi is how fully and handsomely realized it is. Right? It's immediately it works oh, yeah. great. I was about to say it came out and it looked like a polished product. Yes, 100%. <laughs> it did not look like something they were trying to figure out. It polished. Um, they have that turnstile technology, which means you can look at your phone and landscape or portrait. Okay. And it won't ruin the image because it'll reframe. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, Didn't so. Know that. And the way. The Quibi creators handle that is they actually uh, they either use two cameras or they reshoot scenes so that they can then adjust for the new framing. So when you move the your phone around, it doesn't uh, fuck it all up. Um, and there's the other people actually use that in very interesting ways. Its content includes feature-length movies structured in chapters of seven to ten minutes each, such as Most Dangerous Game, a thriller in which Liam Hemsworth's terminally ill character agrees to be hunted by bored rich guy. So it's surviving the game. Uh, there's a docu-series called Black Bald about the Clippers owner, Donald Serling, that guy who was like, uh, oh, black people, Magic Johnson, he's got AIDS. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they have news programming shows. They have a gaming show, uh, uh, a TMZ show. So they're doing a lot of stuff. Um, Katzenberg said, I believe there's going to be an enterprise 10 years from now that will be as big as television businesses today, this is in 2017, he viewed the success of Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code with its 105 chapters as validation of his thesis that consumers want entertainment in small chunks. So he saw that this one popular book had a lot of small chapters. It was like, that's what people want. Does that track to you? No. Doesn't make any sense, right? Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Tons of books have tiny chapters. None of them get popular just for having tiny chapters. Dan Brown... That Da Vinci Code got popular because he wrote a page turner. He wrote a good well, no, exactly. he, garbage he, beach read. He, he wrote a garbage beach read about like basically a cabal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that has been around 
from you know it's Catholic Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's fucking. Uh, how, how can you not read that at, at the end of every chapter? It's a cliffhanger for the next. Chapter. I have to get to a library. Like, oh shit, he's going to a library. <laughs> I gotta read chapter ninety-seven now. Plus, I only have five minutes. Um, here we go. Here's a bit on Katzenberg. He's an NYU dropout. All right. He studied gambling so he could run a club in a city. And then he learned to count cards well enough that he got himself banned from a few Vegas casinos. Uh, his first real job, Barry Diller's assistant at Paramount. Barry Diller ended up being the first president at Fox okay. when Fox was established. Um, but he was Barry Diller's assistant at Paramount, uh, where he worked for Diller and Michael Eisner. Uh, in 94, Michael Eisner and Katzenberg both left Paramount went to Disney. Um, that's where Katzenberg... Uh, he had enough power to start the Disney animation run. Little Mermaid, Lion King, like all that stuff. His ideas? Let me see. Yeah. Uh, b- 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 let me read the exact. Katzenberg's Unyielding Drive was instrumental to Disney's animation renaissance. Renaissance. It's actually not renaissance. Renaissance. Um, he pushed forward Who Framed Roger Rabbit in 88. He followed that with uh, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Lion King. All good ideas. Then in 1994, Michael Eisner passed him over for the number two position. Uh, that pissed off Katzenberg. So uh, he saw it as pretty much being fired. Mm-hmm. He demanded his severance. Had to sue Disney. One or got a settlement. $270 million. Mm. So he took that settlement. Went to Spielberg. Went to Geffen. Went to his boys. I was like, hey, yo. I got an idea. Rose Capital started DreamWorks, the very first um, new studio built in Hollywood in 60 years when they made that. Uh, so that's fascinating. And then again, that animation golden touch he seemed to have, yep. Shrek, Kung Fu Panda, How to Train Your Dragon. That's all Katzenberg. Oh, say, yeah, these are all money makers. All money makers. Uh, he also quickly gained a reputation as a guy who was an overworker. And he expected everyone else to have the same work ethic. Yeah. And his work ethic is stupid. Yeah. Um, you ever hear about the expression, if you don't come in on Saturday, don't come in on Monday? Mm-hmm. His thing was, if you don't come in on Saturday, don't come in on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> like, motherfucker. I got family and stuff. Um, this is fascinating. Well, that comes later. But DreamWorks uh, was sold to Comcast Universal. In 2016, for 3.8 billion dollars, <laughs> Katzenberg took 420 million of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Geffen took his cut and retired. Mm-hmm. He he lives on a mega yacht off the coast of California. I actually looked it up yesterday. It's 426 feet. Good mega man. yacht. Um, that's big enough to have two helipads. Uh, Katzenberg is not one to stop. So he started a company, Wanderco, and Wanderco became his holding company. And then he started going around telling people about his new idea, new TV. All right. Uh, and you umlaut? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank God, no, no. N-E-W-T-V, but no space, one word, yeah. new TV, but no no umlaut. That would, that'd be hysterical. Um, so he hires uh, uh, Meg Whitman from Hewlett Packard. And she signs on. They raise initially $1 billion, ultimately $1.75 billion. Uh, they did that in just five months after announcing uh, the new CEO. And 
one major thing that's that is interesting about this Katzenberg managed to get investments and commitments from every single studio in town so Disney Universal Warner DreamWorks now that he doesn't own it anymore all of them agreed to provide Quibi with content so it wasn't even like an exclusive no. deal with this one person or that uh, everybody he managed to get everyone in on it and that's kind of a feat to get everyone to agree to do something he also did it by offering them money back like you put down 20 million we will match your 20 million uh uh budget so that way they raise a lot of money uh how did they even describe it uh, 150 thousand dollars like a minute or something they have for a production budget on Jesus. these shows it's ridiculous how much money they're spending um investments help secure a slate of a-list directors and producers on the launch for the launch of the app which is no longer called New TV because it turns out, whoops! Somebody already on that? Already a company called New TV. How do you do that? How do you go so far down that line and then maybe someone Google that? <laughs> like, God damn it, guys. That happens to me with podcasting when people are like, I have an idea for a podcast. Is this and this and this? And here's the name of it. And I immediately go, Google, nope. look up the name. That's a great name, Google, Google, Google. Nope. That name is so good, it was <laughs> taken years ago. Back to the drawing board. New name was Quibi for Quick Bites. Katzenberg originally wanted to call it Omakase. Omakase being the chef's tasting menu on mm-hmm. a, on a yep. sushi restaurant. Um, someone points out, a former insider notes, that would have really won over Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. They'd have been like, Omakase. What? Excuse oh, me? Omakase. Um, also, no one was ever asked. The staff was not asked about Quibi. They were just told it's Quibi. And within the staff, everyone was like, can we change this? Nope. Is this ever changeable? Nope. No one liked it. Um, this points out, though arguably no sillier sounding than Hulu. No, I mean, that right. To be fair. Quibi would be roundly mocked by people who thought it sounded like, quote, a quinoa-based doggy snack. Yeah, like a quinoa biscuit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or, quote, the cry of an attacking Ewok. Come on! <laughs> Katzenberg announced other shows that take advantage of the phone's particularity, particularities. Wireless, co-created by Steven Soderbergh, will feature a man stranded in the mountains with a dying cell phone. If you turn your phone vertically, the view switches to the character's cell phone screen. So you can see what the character is looking at. With each episode, he loses 1% of battery power. Katzenberg said Spielberg wants to make a scary show for Quibi that would only be watchable after dark. Okay. That would really screw with my relic thing from earlier. Um, Then it goes to a couple paragraphs here about how people wondered if the Katzenberg-Meg Whitman partnership would work, and apparently it's very much like uh, mom and dad are always fighting. They're arguing about everything. They they try to split the duties. When they got a new office, they had to put a line down the middle of it. North Korea's you, South Korea's me, that type of thing. So they're still working together, but... Um, it's not a happy marriage. Um, but Quibi's bigger problems were conceptual. Who needed Quibi to break things up into snackable chunks for them to begin with? As one longtime Hollywood executive told me, quote, I have a pause button. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't need you to give me 10-minute chapters. If I want to watch only 10 minutes of a show, I will watch 10 minutes of a show. I will turn it off at the fucking yeah. quote-unquote commercial break. And, and the, yeah, yeah. It, my name gets called at the true leave door. Okay, then I'm getting up. And also, I'm not pulling up. Who's doing this? No one's sitting around watching. I have 10 minutes. Let me uh, pull this episode of The Sopranos. No one's doing this. We all use YouTube, Twitter, uh, news articles, Facebook. Like, we have other things that take up these little chunks of time. No one's trying to get into a show. Um, it's like a real 
I think a real misstep of what people actually want. Katzenberg leaned into making Quibi seemed different. He declared Quibi wouldn't be available on your TV, which it currently is not. Yeah. Well, uh, how, how can you? Because you, you can't rotate your television from my different perspectives, Chris. Exactly. And when you heavily hype the turnstile thing and you make that a huge feature, that takes you even further away from the TV experience. Um, when asked why Quibi doesn't have an ad-supported free offering, Katzenberg responds, literally, you cannot do the math. So okay. they, they have to, they yeah. need those subscribers to pay. Um, one mega, no, no, one media investor suggested the quality of Quibi's lineup reflected an adverse selection bias. In other words, Quibi is getting A talents, B material, or producers desk drawer scripts, which haven't been able to find or attract a more established buyer. Um, says a producer with a project at Quibi, if we have a show that's going to be a huge hit, you pitch it to Netflix, HBO. If it doesn't get traction, you pitch it to Quibi. That's no. kind of a... It, it seems like the last resort. Yes. Like, damn it. Uh, no one else is buying this. Quibi's spending money like crazy on anything just because they're looking more for a name so we can go to them. Um, they're working with Jason Bloom from Bloomhouse. Bloom points out, as a sort of counter to that, uh, all of his movies, almost all of them, all of his screenplays, especially the hits, Paranormal Activity, those are all uh, scripts that were passed over. Yeah, so guaranteed. So that happens, too. Um, people wondered why Katzenberg and Whitman, in their late and early 60s respectively, and are not very active on social media, would believe they have uniquely penetrating insight into the unacknowledged desires of young people. When I ask Whitman what TV shows she watches, she responds, I'm not sure I classify myself as an entertainment enthusiast. She is the business side, yes. to be fair. Yes. But any particular show she likes, Grant, she offered, on the History Channel. It's about President Grant. Drew would like that show. But I probably would. It's, it's, not for, it's not for the youth. No, I probably would. Katzenberg but, is on his phone all the time. But then again, I, I, I watched Law & Order in high school, so exactly, I'm, I'm yeah. that guy. You are that guy. <laughs> you are that guy. <laughs> Uh, Katzenberg is on his phone all the time, but he is also among the moguls of his generation who have their emails printed out oh. and vertically folded for some reason. Oh, he's a sociopath. Yeah. Um, and enthusing about what a show could mean for Quibi. Ooh, this paragraph is brutal. I just highlighted the whole paragraph. This is a brutal paragraph. Katzenberg would repeatedly invoke the same handful of musty touchstones. America's Funniest Home Videos, Siskel and Ebert, Jane Fonda exercise tapes. When Gal Gadot, came to the offices and delivered an impassioned speech about wanting to elevate the voices of girls and women, Katzenberg wondered aloud whether she might become the new Jane Fonda and do a workout series for Quibi. Says the person briefed on the meeting, apparently her face fell. Workout with Wonder Woman, bro. Workout with Wonder Woman. She's like, I want to elevate female voices. And he's like, workout video? You got a great Spandex, body. right? Uh, Thighmaster? Yeah! Man. <laughs> In some ways, yes, the world is your oyster when you're a beautiful woman. In other ways, it sucks, obviously. <laughs> yeah. In other ways, it sucks. Because then that's the only thing you're good for. Um, at a casting session while watching a tape test for the Daily Essentials, that's their daily show type show. Um, they were watching a tape test for a host who was a black man with an afro. Katzenberg said the man didn't look, quote, authoritative. Content executive Shauna Thomas was used to this political incorrectness endemic. 
but a discussion of the character's hair went on and on, and she felt increasingly uncomfortable and left the room to avoid becoming visibly upset. So obviously it's a thing where now black hair is being policed, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, an afro, cornrows, stuff like that. Uh, it's like, oh, that's... It's too yeah. black. Yeah, it's too black. Uh, it's a distraction. Kids show up to schools like that to get sent home. Uh, there's no equivalent of that to white hair. Like, maybe a like a Liberty Spike Mohawk is the most you could do as a white person to get those kind of reactions. Um, and that's a completely different thing. So, he is of that, like, old school thing. Like, hey, he's got an afro. Is that... Well, people take that seriously. But then she did go on to say that that night, she called him. Where is it? That evening... They had a long phone chat in which she explained why she makes the point of wearing her hair in a natural style on TV. Uh, afterwards, she felt Katzenberg had understood her. The discussion was frank, honest, and positive, and might not have gone as well at another company, she says. Um, so I found that very, very fascinating. But then, going back to these guys are in charge. Everyone's at war. Um, North and South Korea, lying down in the middle. No one knows who to go to. This has now become a way to describe a workplace. It's very Trumpian there. <laughs> Says a person with firsthand knowledge. Unless you agree with them, meaning Katzenberg mm-hmm. or Whitman, you're a troublemaker. Meg believes she's a marketing genius. Jeffrey believes he's a content genius. So you end up in shitty jobs when you're there to execute their vision, which no one else believes in. That's brutal. Mm. Um... Back to Katzenberg. He's a polarizing figure in Hollywood. Some view him as a frame fucker, which is a Hollywood term for a micromanager. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot better than micromanager. Yeah, frame fucker. He's I a, like it. This guy's a frame fucker. Oh, he's also considered a Philistine. <laughs> James, for people who don't know, Philistines are uh, inartful people. <laughs> Dumb, inartful people. James B. Stewart, in his book, Disney War, recounts an instance when Katzenberg ordered animators rendering the castle and Beauty and the Beast to, quote, fix the ceiling, make it French, like Botticelli. End quote. Mm. Mm. Um, All right, so, um, I, so I want the uh, German castle, <laughs> make it French like the Italian guy, Chris. All right? I want, I want my German castle's ceiling to be French by way of Italy, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. Look, he's just well-rounded renaissance type of dude is what's going on. <laughs> he wants it all in one. Um, he's a time suck of unbelievable proportions as a longtime colleague. He and David Geffen no longer speak. When Comcast Universal bought DreamWorks, it was on the condition that he leave the company. A former friend says, let's reiterate, Comcast chose to overpay for DreamWorks Animation to not have him there. Mm -hmm. That is wild, crazy wild stuff. Um, Quibi has failed to understand its digital native audience. They don't allow screenshotting. So the Sam Raimi produced produced anthology horror series has an episode called uh, The Golden Arm. People on Twitter started like, "This, this show is camp craziness I can't believe they actually made this like they were howling with laughter and then all of a sudden everyone went from being like the show is batshit insane to Quibi sucks I can't screenshot the things I want to show you uh, so they shut themselves in a the foot with if people could just screenshot it and turn that show into memes 
It gets on It'd be Twitter. Everywhere. It'd what, be everywhere. What the People fuck like, is this? Excuse me, what is this? All right, hang on. How, how am I? All right, you all know right. what? I'll give you my $8. What the fuck is going on? Not even. I'll sign up for your free 30 days to see this one thing and then maybe cancel afterwards. But you can't even get that kind of traction mm-hmm. going if you don't allow screenshotting. Um, turnstile, the technology, lawsuit. Mm, not, not theirs. Cool. Stolen from uh, somebody a, else. A New York-based interactive video company called Echo. Um, they're in the midst of a lawsuit. And... Echo isn't just some small little shitty company. They have a member of their board is a uh, snap chairman, Michael Linton and a hedge fund called Elliott management has partnered with them to pay for litigation. So Quibi is going to pay. Oh yeah. Um, as of early June, over 5 million phones downloaded Quibi of those 1.5 million registered to use it. All right. All right. Um, you said you saw some marketing online recently for Quibi. I did. And on television. But on then t- again, my television's through online. But so. still, you saw it on TV. When it paused marketing during the Black Lives Matters protest, Quibi's App Store ranking fell to 1,477. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Right. Um, Quibi's advertisers have reportedly asked to renegotiate their deals, and executives took a 10% pay cut. Um, why an app aimed at 25 to 35 year olds? Oh, yeah. This is crazy. Why an app? aimed at 25 to 35 year olds was advertised on the Oscars broadcast. That made sense. It has a median viewer age of 56. It yes, that's about right. Um, I mean, I would have seen the ad, but uh, I wouldn't have downloaded yeah. the, ad, the app. Yeah. So. In market research, following its Oscars and Super Bowl ads, 70% of respondents said they thought Quibi was a food delivery service. <laughs> Oops. You know, quick bites. Quick bites. Um, oh, someone did something called they, someone who met with them. Someone who met with them uh, to do a show, and then they they end up passing the show because they didn't have any sort of star attached. This person also worked with uh, Adult Swim, the Lords of Synth. That video, okay. you ever see that one? No, uh, it's like a viral type thing. The guy who created that uh, pitched them a show, uh, left without it, and then he went online and created Swippy, Swipey. Swift, Swippy, uh, a website called Swippy, which is uh, making fun of Quippy, and that it, uh, he says everyone wants their content in Swift sips, so it's Swippy, and then they just take like content, whatever it is, I don't know what it is, but then they uh, chop it up into like arbitrary bits, so like scene stop in the middle of a yeah. scene and things mm-hmm. like that, uh, just to, just to really stick it to them. Um, coming on the end of this uh, article here, and this is really seriously, this is a long article that I'm just giving you some of the highlights. Um, Meanwhile, 90-day free trials will begin expiring this month. The industry conversion rate from a free trial to a paid subscription hovers below 33%. That is low. According to research firm Parks Associates, if that holds true for Quibi, it could mean less than 500,000 people will be watching a network that spends hundreds of millions of dollars on brand new premium content. 33% is the low the low end of retention rates. Mm-hmm. Um Disney Plus had a retention rate of 11%. I mean, as much as Disney is obviously a beloved children's institution. You have to have new content. Exactly. (laughs) You can't just have old stuff, you want new content. Quibi, all new content. The conversion number has come out, Drew. You want to know what it is? 8%. Oh! Aye. That is rough. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, They say they have enough money to runway them through the end of... 2021 they have enough cash on hand so okay so, so katzenberg is still trying to play it so, off like yeah this is fine 
So they go through 2021, and then who lost how much money? <laughs> a lot of people lost a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of people lost a lot of money. Um, well, ho- hey, guys, who so use Quibi at home? Let us know. Hopefully, all the people who uh, actually made the shows, you know, that they the, all got paid. The, the nine to fivers, okay. you know, the, the people making 40, 50 grand a no, year. No, okay, okay, no, actually. We got a nice redistribution of wealth here, Chris. No, no you're, you're, <laughs> in some ways, you're right. Uh, now that you mentioned it, I'm surprised this article didn't point this out. Um, you, in some ways, you're right. The content creators, the writers, producers, they, they took that $1.75 billion, They're all getting paid. Great for them. The day players, the actors, the union people. Since they're all like these short productions, not all of them are normal like movies. Like no. the ones that are movies that are just being cut up, they can get SAG rates and, and actual union rules. But a lot of the stuff is now being made with like non-union shoots and non-union wages. So people are actually being underpaid no. for this content where some people are getting paid very well. Producers no. are. And the people they're hiring, they're hiring outside of union because since it's so short form, they can. Yeah. Uh, so that, even that is a little weird there too. It's pretty pretty fucking crazy. Um. Okay, we are over time, so I'm just going to run through these headlines, and we'll see what's going on. Oh, I really wanted to spend time with this one. Johnny Depp's libel case no, I against heard about the this. sun. Woo! Yeah. Three days of testimony. <laughs> we got shit in a bed. We got um, James Franco, creepy and rapey, as described by both Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Whoa, James Franco, you done, bro. <laughs> you done so bunzo. Um, the stories are wild. Yeah, what yeah. a toxic relationship, yeah. both ways. She truly is a monster, <clears throat> and uh, and he's a fucking weirdo. And he's a weirdo who like he probably they played audio of him like a wailing sound, sound like a dying animal. They played it in court. What is that giant? Like I, I don't know. Sounds like an animal that's hurt. It's like that's you on an airplane. <laughs> it's like oh I don't remember that. <laughs> like oh my god, God, it's bad. Um, so uh, definitely for sure though. On a macro view, it seems like he is more the victim. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But it was, it was just bad. It was just bad overall. He even had Winona Ryder, Vanessa Paradis, and uh, so, like three. He had other exes that had to show up to the libel to be like, he's never fine with us. He's always very nice. He's a very nice human being. Even though our relationships went bad, he was always nice. Pretty pretty crazy. Um, This I need to pull up the, the quote because Kevin Smith adds fuel. To the Justice League fire about uh, uh, Mr. Whedon. About Whedon. F- Fisher saying Whedon was uh, abusive on set. Here's Kevin Smith. Remember, I went to the Skywalker set. Some people had worked on both versions of Solo and both versions of Justice League. The special effects guy said there was a fair amount of trashing Zack's version on the movie set by Joss. That Whedon would cut down to Smith and be negative about Zack's version, which he had seen. And all those people had me together without him. So imagine being like Gal Gadot or, or whatever, uh, even uh, Jason Momoa, and being told, oh, yeah, that thing you did sucked. We're going to redo it. I'm like, okay. I, I thought it was good. We, felt, we all felt pretty good about this, Joss. Now I feel like shit. Okay, let's do, let's do, it. Let's do a movie now. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't have time. Got to fire this. Tom Cruise, Christopher McQuarrie had a plan for Jack Reacher 3. Probably not going to happen because Jack Reacher 2 didn't make that much money. Mm-hmm. But the plan was basically, hey, Logan and Deadpool are very successful. Let's make, finally, an R-rated Jack Reacher 3, where they can lean into the violence yeah. of the books. So if we ever do get a Jack Reacher 3, it may be R-rated. Fun. That could be cool. I'm down. That could be a lot of fun. I mean, I like, I like the first one. second one was like, okay. Um... Oh, man. 
back to Disney. Mm-hmm. They signed Colin Kaepernick to a development deal. Yes, where about this. He is like uh, producing stuff, and he's going. To, he's basically like the cultural liaison. Yes, <laughs> he's like, yo, you should make shows and movies with these people, with these black and brown voices that you're overlooking. Um, Man, you best believe Disney people are freaking out about that. Like, I'm canceling my app. It's social justice, blah, blah. Like, how dare a company uh, decide to give money to a black person so they could give more money to black people? What? How all, dare you? All I'm saying is the NFL's coming out looking with fucking egg on the face on this one. Dude. If they they wanted to make some fucking changes in the NFL, they would have pulled this yeah, a fucking year ago. Yeah, he should have been there immediate. As soon, Cultural, as, as, soon as, yeah. as he was kneeling. Culturally as on. Yeah, you want to be our... Uh, <laughs> Our, our black community outreach uh, please, director. Please, please. No. no, 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 no. They they fucked up. Disney fans are being racist as fuck. The same people are like, Ariel can't be black. But that's all right. These are also probably the same people that are angry that NASCAR's banning the Confederate flag. Yeah. And, you they know. Are. So, you know, fuck these morons. They're the worst people. <laughs> They're the worst goddamn people. And if you're one of these people listening to the show, stop listening to the show. We don't need you. Our, our numbers are as low as we've ever been. Go away. <laughs> we don't need you. We anymore. will take them lower. Yeah, we'll take them lower. <laughs> we don't give a shit. Um... Chris Hemsworth is getting more ripped than ever so he can play Hulk Hogan. Yes. He said he says the work yes. that Regime Day is doing yes. now, he's gonna be even bigger. Cool. But he's doing a, he's doing a Hogan movie. I think we reported on this before, but yeah. it sounds vaguely familiar. That's right. Have you seen the pictures of Jamie Foxx beefing up for Tyson? I saw that workout video he put out where he was like showing he's starting to. He's getting back into shape. Well, and he's also he, he's also like I might have to get calf implants for this movie. Oh really? <laughs> Apparently he's got fucking chicken legs. Oh Jamie. <laughs> oh Jamie. So for some guys that's really hard. Yeah, exactly. That's very funny. Um, meanwhile, also Mike Tyson looking great. He's he's back there working yeah, out again. Turn and it up. Trying to get his because uh, he was for sure getting fat for a mm-hmm. while. Which I. Like his daughter died. Remember when it was it a baby? Like a one or two year old kid died. Got uh, caught up on the in like a workout machine, no. like just a string or whatever, and and got hung. Uh, yeah, that would fuck anyone up, man. And he's already like he's already yeah he's already not a normal dude. He's already had a tough tough life. Tom Hanks confesses he was heartbroken over his movie Greyhound not going to movie theaters. Mm. It was always meant to go to movie theaters. Um, Apple TV came in and bought it up. Here's his quote: We were all heartbroken. That this movie's not playing in cinemas. Our, he said cinema. Our, it broke our hearts when we realized that we were going to have to either wait for X number of months before we would have to fight in order to get screens in the midst of this huge glut of movies. As a producer, let me put it to you this way. As a producer, we were going to come out June 8th. We would come out a week after Wonder Woman and a week before Top Gun 2. We were going to be in the midst of that brutal fisticuff battle for screens, for eyeballs, for awareness, for a marketing campaign, money that would have to be spent on prints and advertising, we were going to be probably the runt of the litter because we're not a franchise. We'd have to go off and fight tooth and nail just for attention, all right? That's the truth. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, Tom Hanks just sounds like he's a smart producer. No, I get it. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, he... Yeah. Yes. He's like, I, I, yeah, of course we made this movie to play in theaters. We wanted to be in the theater. But I'm, I'm Tom fucking Hanks. I'm Tom fucking <laughs> Hanks. This is what we want to do. But we also got to be smart about it. We would have got crushed even if it was a normal movie season. Mm-hmm. Now all the movies are being pushed up, so next year we're gonna have, we're going to be inundated with films hopefully knock them out if we live yeah. next year um, boy so he's got a good point there bummer that it's Apple TV though. also it's not getting great reviews um, Sylvester Stallone he posted a promotional image on his Instagram for that stupid Rambo Last Blood director's cut he's been humping that pretty hard <laughs> Uh, hey, check this out. Hey, nah, my I don't care, Sly. Hey, say hello. All right. And someone in the comments 
Just a random comment asked him, hey, can we get a director's cut of Rocky Balboa? Weird out of nowhere request. He responded to a random comment. Hey, you know, uh, that's not in the works, but we got a director's cut of Rocky Four that you're going to love. Apparently, they're putting out a director's cut of Rocky Four. <laughs> Why? What was cut out of that thing? Another montage? Another training sequence? Apparently. Um, but it's coming, and he's like, it's exciting. He's very pumped for it. Good for him. So, uh, I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> uh, we reported recently, I think it was last week, David Leach's next film is Bullet Train, about a bunch of assassins on a train. Now it has a star, and that star is Brad Pitt. Okay, cool. Um, Brad Pitt really hasn't done action. No. Especially, like, a David Leach type movie, like yeah, hand no, to hand type no, of action. No. So, he had that one scene in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Looked great. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll throw him through fucking Keanu Reeves boot camp. <laughs> Yo, listen, this is hey. you're training with these fuckers. You'll be back in six months. Hey, but maybe you're training with Keanu <laughs> and Halle Berry. They're both going to train you. Um, uh, Shia LaBeouf got the chest tattoo for his role as Creeper in the David Ayer film, uh, Tax Collector. Now some people are coming out and be like, "Yo, is this brown face? Like Shia's looking a little brown." Every other character in this movie is Hispanic. Are is he? Are you doing a brown face type shit? He he just looks tan. Yeah, that's what I think. I think <laughs> he's just a dude who lives in I Southern mean, California. Did, did you guys see the movie Holes? Yeah, yeah. He, he was, was a, a little brown a little, nut in that movie. He, he was a little, <laughs> his little brown curly hair Jewish boy. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah. Um, he uh, David Ayer had to come on, but like, no. As a matter of fact, he's playing specifically a white character. He's playing specifically the only white character in the entire movie. He's also not the lead. This other guy's the lead. Mm-hmm. So David Ayer had to come out and shut that brown face shit down quick, and defend his boy Shia. Um, Ready Player One is getting Ready Player Two. <laughs> a book first, so they're not just let's make a movie. Let's do another version. It's the same writer. Um, not Andy Weir. Andy Weir wrote The Martian. Yep. It's uh, the other guy. I got it right over here. I got the book right over there. What does it say? I can't read from here. Um, so uh, he is getting ready to publish Ready Player Two. It's coming out this November. So expect the movie to come out shortly after that. I'm gonna wait till the paperback to read it. I mean, I want to. I want. The, the I just want to know. The story wrapped up. That's so, what I'm saying. So succinctly. That's what I'm saying. I, I just. I, where are we going with this? <laughs> another another version of that story is not necessary no. at all in no. any way. The best part of the book was that. Oh yeah, it's just one story. No. It's not a series. Um, Wolfman reboot coming. Mm-hmm. Right. Ryan Gosling is yeah. the lead. Mm-hmm. He's the one, and it's gonna be where he's like a TV news guy mm-hmm. by day, uh, or a TV anchorman by night, and then a Wolfman by night. It's got a director. It's going to be Lee Hwano, Lee Wanell, the guy who did uh, Invisible Man. Also Australian. Oh, yeah. it's boy. Right. I have an Invisible Wolfman mm-hmm. running around your movie. Um, Demi Lovato. She of uh, Disney Channel fame, and then she went on to do all, her own solo singing career. Uh, probably most known for almost dying from a fentanyl overdose or something like that a few years ago. Uh, she says here when I went into treatment in 2010 I came out of the experience with the choice of talking about my struggles or my journey with the possibility of helping people or keeping my mouth shut and going back to the Disney channel and I was like that doesn't feel authentic to me so I chose to tell my story she explains uh, how basically the Disney channel being on those shows I mean part of that TV industry has really normalized um Anorexia, bulimia, body issues, drug use, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So even though it's a Disney channel and it's all like supposed to be, I don't know, not uplifting, but like just more family focused entertainment. 
behind the scenes it's bad bad well yeah I mean that, that makes perfect sense you, you end up with a Demi Lovato who almost dies because she can't stand her, her body she's a beautiful woman can't stand her body because of the way they do, the things they do to her and uh, it's crazy anyway she put, she put out a song called Sober good for her so hopefully she's doing better um, okay I had to pull this list man this is going to be a two hour episode come on Chris we're almost done we're only, only a few minutes left um HBO Max. So they have the Snyder cut of Justice League coming out next year. Mm-hmm. They also put out the Ultimate Edition um, of Batman vs. Yep. Superman. Uh, no other service is really doing that where they're putting out the alternate versions of stuff. You still have to like find physical mm-hmm. copies of some of these things. HBO Max has a number of director's cuts available. They have all the director's cuts. And the thing is, you have to go to the movie and then go down to the extras. And then the extras, they have it as like a bonus. Mm-hmm. And it's an entire movie. No. They have the director's cuts of Alien and Aliens. Okay. They have the work print of Alien 3. Ooh. Um, I don't think there was a director's cut of the fourth Aliens movie. Um, they have, going through here, and they put a whole list. Obviously, Batman vs. Superman, yeah. Um, director's cut. There's one for Green Lantern, an extended cut that's almost ten minutes longer. Ten minutes more of shit. Ten minutes, ten minutes more garbage. Ten, ten more minutes of shit. Real shit. Um, actually, some of these are pretty bad. Um, like there's an extended edition of Fast Five. Don't care. Uh, it includes Dwayne Johnson breaking a guy's neck. Um, Hostel and Hostel Part Two both get extended editions. Don't care. Oof. I don't want to see the stuff they cut out of that. I'm glad they cut the. Ugh. They should cut the entire movies. <laughs> Those movies should have just been like two seconds of a black screen. That's it. Directed by Eli Roth. King Arthur, the Clive Owen one. Ugh. Yeah. Weird, huh? That wasn't very good either. Um, if released in its untouched form, it would have been R-rated. So it's essentially maybe like the R- Violent, the maybe? R-rated version. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The cut is 15 minutes longer with violence and blood from the R-rated version restored. Interesting. Um, Paul, the Simon Pegg, Nick mm-hmm. Frost alien movie. That's six minutes longer. It's a comedy. Come on. Added alternate jokes. Pearl Harbor, the 2001 Michael Bay movie, gets an additional... doesn't say, but it's longer. And Alien Franchise. Alien 3 is a full 30 minutes longer. God damn it. An entire subplot got cut out of that thing. Also, um, the creature is different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how the fuck do you do that? Crash, the 2006 Everyone's Racist one. Mm-hmm. Extended cut. And finally, I watched the end of this Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, yeah, you posted about that. I posted about that, and people were like, what? They had no idea. that They had a whole alternate ending. It had a $25 million budget, one of the biggest budgets of any movie at the time when it came out. Five million of that went to filming this four-minute sequence that they then cut out in its entirety, didn't even use it. And it's uh, 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 Seymour gets eaten, Audrey's killed, Seymour gets eaten, and then it's just a montage of... Uh, first, it's a whole bunch of people buying little Audrey plants. Like, it's a montage of stores selling out of them. And then they all, like, grow at the same time to huge uh, sizes. And they're just destroying buildings. A, a, a train on an L train, like, goes right into a plant mouth. <laughs> like, ah. Um, uh, one guy comes out of a theater, says Jason the Argonauts, and whoosh, busts out of that stop motion style. They did this cool thing where they shot the Audrey puppet. Um, it's just like one puppet, one size, but they shot it at different frame rates so they could then scale it up and down with compositing and it would still, it would look like properly yeah. sized and apparently frame rating is what did that, which, okay. is, which is fascinating. Cool. Um, it's on there. I, I pulled up the movie. I went to like the last 10 minutes. I watched the last song, um, uh, Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. It was like, Green Mean Mother from Outer Space. It's a fine song. And then the, and the sequence kicks in and it's just four minutes of fucking Mayhem. chaos. Crazy chaos. Oh, the final shot. 
would have been great to see in a theater because it's very funny, especially if it was a 3D movie. Mm. Um, the final shot is two Audrey's, uh, two Audrey twos on a Statue of Liberty, uh, on the Statue of Liberty, and, and they're like helicopters flying around them, and it's like ah, oh, the music's playing, and then just it's like the end on the screen with exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, and then an Audrey two busts through the movie screen, so it's like the image is still being projected on it, and he's like ah, it's like he's going at the audience, and he's like laughing ah, then the camera zooms in hard into its mouth. Cuts a black credits. Like that's a fucking dark, crazy, you awesome got ending. You, you got eaten, audience. Um, so that's on HBO. Cool. And people need to watch it because it's great. And it's only a few minutes. Um. All right, here we go. Wrapping this thing up. Finally, Chris Evans auditioned for uh uh which movie is this specifically for a Seth Rogen movie three times. It kept blowing it. Which one is for? Observe and report. He was trying to go out for observe and report. And he said the same thing kept happening where uh, for some reason his brain started shrieking. Oh, because he saw Seth and the director during the room. So his brain started shrieking, screaming, no, no, no. He began his audition three lines in. He got a wave of sweats and his face went red. Mid audition, he said, I'm sorry, guys. I got to stop. He went out to the hallway, came back. Second take. My face just start, goes red. I start sweating. I have to stop again. Um, so he leaves, goes terribly. He calls up his uh, agent, say, you got to get me in there one more time. I have to do this again tomorrow. He goes back the next day. Same thing. Same thing happens again. Strikes out three times. He was not meant for it. Yeah, not actually. The, the gods of cinema were like, you cannot be in this movie right now. Uh, he is now one of the biggest movie stars in the world. You're supposed to be in Fantastic Four. <laughs> How come I couldn't get the face sweats then? Um, Wonder Years. Wonder Years is getting a reboot. Yep. Or ABC to Sunder feature in a black family, mm-hmm. but still Same 60s America. Yeah. So is it still the Wonder Years for a black family in America? That's the question. It's actually very smart updating of a class- great show. Mm-hmm. Fred Savage producing, mm-hmm. probably end up directing a bunch of episodes because he's a established TV director. Um, Oprah Winfrey team up with Lionsgate to produce for TV and film the New York Times special project, uh, the 1619 project mm-hmm. that came out, I think it was earlier this year. Yeah. We're like, we're going to reframe the birth of America, not as 1776, but 1619 when the first slaves were brought over. Uh, when that, of course, racism like, what? No! Racism! You want to keep talking about racism? Um, Why you want to keep bringing up all this history <laughs> you spent so long burying? Yeah, we've been trying to deny our history. You keep making me remember it. Um. So Oprah's gonna rub their faces in it. That's gonna be great. Their pink little faces. It's cool. And finally, oh boy, Holy Gotham City Batman. Um, Matt Reeves and Warner Brothers. He's yep. he's developing Batman over there. Warner Brothers is fucking hyped by what they're seeing. They are so. They're throwing out phrases like "make a series asshole." No, first, <laughs> first they've been throwing out things like. Things you've never seen before. New approach. Like, apparently this is going to be a Batman like no one has ever even been able to think of cinematically. Um, they're hyping it too much, these guys. Yeah. But they're so pumped about it. They already went to Matt Reeves and were like, give us a Gotham spinoff show for HBO Max. So they're getting a whole crossover universe thing going on over yep. there. And uh, just another reason to get HBO Max. Yes, sir. That's it. Sounds like fun. Wow, that was a lot of stuff. But it's over. We did it. Good. We did it, guys. Um, so thank you, Drew. You're welcome, Chris. All right. I appreciate it very much. And uh, you're welcome, listeners, for this week's show. Patreon.com slash CrestBuddySo. Cinema CrestBuddySo on Instagram. CrestBuddySo on Twitter. Join us Cinema CrestBuddySo. Facebook group. <sighs> oh, yeah. All my things. Black Lives Matter. Uh, arrest the cops that... Uh, no, kill the cops that arrested Beyonce. Wait, no. How did it go? Kill all the cops. Kill your masters. Eat the rich. 
Pisa. A PFT Media Production.